I'm gonna tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding the African American elements. Well, that's how you get your PhD in black cinema, Sister Soldier. Welcome back, everyone. This is Charday here with Afro Horror. We are moving our uh, episodes to a monthly release. Uh, just, just so I can guarantee you guys get the best quality out of the shows and that I can put the most time and effort and I can find guests um, who will come on and talk about our episodes. So we are moving to a monthly release. Um, I know the weekly was a lot of, a lot of you were favorited let's just go back. I know a lot of you favored our weekly releases, but I promise you this is going to be much better for you. And today's episode, we're talking about Ma 2019. Um, ironically, we are recording this episode on April 30th, but Ma was released on May 31st, so I thought it'd be a great May release kind of throwback, literally almost a year to the day that the movie came back. And I have a wonderful, wonderful guest with me today. I'm so happy to have her here. I found her on Twitter, my favorite place to find people, and uh, asked her if she wanted to guest in the episode and told her this one was coming up, and she jumped at the chance. I didn't think anyone would jump at a chance to um, talk about Ma. <laughs> that's that's going to sound more bitchy than I, I, I want it to be, but you'll see when we get into the movie. Um, as always, this, this podcast is going to have spoilers. So if you haven't seen Ma, you should watch it. It's on Hulu right now, streaming for free as of April 30th, 2020. Um, but anyway, uh, Miss Zena Dixon is here. Real horror, uh, real queen of horror.com. Zena Dixon, um, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Let us know what you're doing, what you're about. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, you know, I had to jump at the chance to talk about mom. Because as I was telling you earlier, I have, I kept it in. I, I did not do a review. I didn't do a video. I didn't really talk about it on Twitter. I think I probably tweeted something like, oh, headed to see Ma. And then people were giving like their opinions and saying, oh, you know, I was like, whatever. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. Okay. I feel like this movie was made for me to laugh. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. No, so I'm, I'm really happy to be on. So, yes, I'm Zena. Um, I have a blog called realqueenofhorror.com. I've been writing there since 2011. It started off as a hobby. I just, as you know, like yourself, I absolutely love horror movies. And, you know, my friends and family, I know that they're sick. They were sick and tired of me always talking about it with them. And I've always been creative. I've always been into, like, web design and videos and podcasting. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to go online and I'm going to make something happen, you know? So it just started off as a hobby. And, you know, throughout that time, throughout the nine years, it's just been such a blast because I've been meeting all kinds of people who have the same passion as me that loves horror movies, that loves to talk about it. And pretty much like you, I absolutely love Twitter and I'm always on there. And I just feel like, you know, it's easy to find people. I, I love about you right now. Is this our first time actually? I can see her. We're recording on Zoom, um, but you guys can't see her. So I want to paint you the picture. Her hair is flawless, makeup set. She's wearing the cutest little pink like jacket and, and multicolored <laughs> necklace. And I'm over here looking like the witch of Eastwick in no. my <laughs> in my no. black caftan <laughs> that I got from Amazon. Um 
No, no, no. But what I'm saying, what I love about you is that you, there's such a portrait about people who are into horror movies that it's painted that's so wrong. And it's just like right. all witches or demons or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I look at you and I'm like, yeah, anyone. Horror fans come in all shapes and sizes, especially Black horror fans. You never... That's why I started this podcast, if, if any of you are new listeners. I was just kind of sick and tired of uh, other horror podcasts ripping apart, like, Black horror. It, I mean, truth be told, this movie, yeah, Ma should totally be ripped apart. I, I'm not right. going to... It totally should. But it's something different when it comes from Black women <laughs> actually tearing <laughs> apart than, um, than just a, a standard white audience, because... There's a lot of tropes in horror when it pertains to Black people that I don't know if some of you are aware of, unless you are African-American, that I like to dive into and that's never discussed on a regular horror podcast. And I really think it's important uh, to discuss those things. That's why um, Horror Queers is one of my favorite podcasts, because they talk about horror from from the LGBTQ perspective. Um, And they're friends of the show. Hi, Trace. Hi, Joe. Um, so when I'm looking at Zita and she's literally in front of her office, like there's so many VHSs, you guys, of Disney movies behind her. Yeah. She's multifaceted. She's not just a horror queen. She's literally a Disney queen too. So am I. I, I got rid of all my VHSs a long time ago. So I'm, I'm a Disney plus horror, but, um, I love it. I feel like you and I are kindred spirits. I'm so excited. You're uh-huh. here. It's like, and, and you're right, it's just sometimes it's so exhausting because I remember, you know, before all this quarantine life, you know, going to horror conventions as an example, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm married. My husband, he doesn't like horror movies, but he tolerates it. So <laughs> no. He has no choice. You said I do. So because of that, you know, he'll go with me to like these horror conventions to these haunted houses. And I notice how people will try to have like a conversation with him. He just, he's sitting there with a blank face. He doesn't know. And then, you know, I don't have a problem with literally sliding in and saying, well, this is what I think, you know, and then going from there. But, you know, it's, I I like the fact that now it's like, there's, like you said, there's all types of horror fans because of like, obviously the internet, because of the, you know, multiple, multiple like social medias. It's like, we come in all shapes and sizes and colors. And it's like, you do not have to have like a certain look. Like, I remember even back when I was in high school, it was just, it wasn't normal, you know? That just wasn't, it It wasn't where it was at. Especially when you're Black. Especially right. when you're Black. It's just like, your your fellow Black people are like, ew, what's wrong with you? Like, right. you're like weird. Right. <laughs> That's so. white people stuff. That's what they mm-hmm. always tell you. Yes, all the time. Um, but I, I went to my first horror convention in, in um, Long Beach last year, obviously pre-corona. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, my people right i'm at home i've never felt more comfortable in a space in my life but also i i realized ironically even though we're in a horror convention everyone's dressed up as freddie and michael myers right i stood out there was not a lot of black women there Mm -hmm. period so i i noticed i fit in i was home i was comforted but um i stood out and Mm -hmm. that was also kind of heart-wrenching too like oh why aren't there more of us in this absolutely So hopefully we're creating new horror fans. Um, Tell me about the first horror movie you saw and that made you a fan. Um, I always say um, that it is Night of the Demons, Kevin Tenney's from uh, 1988. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure that there was something else beforehand, but it was just like my little brain, you know, at the time. I was four, 
four years old. Oh maybe. my gosh. So, you know, my mom is like a diehard horror fan. So it's just like, you okay, know, that's where it comes from. <laughs> I was yes, like, what are you doing it for? Whatever what? she watched, I watched. And I always say this, like there were some things that honestly, I probably should have never watched, you know, as a kid, but I think I turned out fine. Like, you know, I'm a normal person. You know, but uh, the thing is, it's like with Night of the Demons, you know, it's that pure 80s cheese, but mm -hmm. I just loved it so much. Like, even when I think about like the opening, it's animated. So I thought it was a cartoon, you know, right. like, oh, this is, this is like a Halloween cartoon. Cool. And then it just turned into something else, you know, um, there were demons, there was, you know, Roger, Roger, yes. my hero. <laughs> it's something oddly, it's something oddly comforting about horror films I know that's so weird for people who are like my best friend Amy she will not watch a thriller or a horror she won't Aww. she's Disney princess for sure and she's gonna watch comedies and heartfelt horror she I can't get her to watch a scary movie to save my life and Aww. she's like why are you torturing yourself I was like I I promise you the way you feel watching like Bambi is the way I feel watching Scream mm -hmm. too like it's just so things so comforting it is it's, it's that warm and fuzzy feeling and it's like that's the only way it's like I have like a list of comfort horror movies. Like yes, I, yes. I have, yeah, you, you just have to put it on like every single night. And I think, you know, my husband, he doesn't care anymore. But every single night, like I have to put on a horror movie. And it, it oh sounds my gosh. weird, but hearing like the screams, like I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to do anything outrageous in real life. It, it, I just find comfort in certain ones. No, yeah. I really do feel like horror fans are actually the most well-adjusted people. I really feel like the people who push down that kind of like angst or darkness, they're the ones that lash out and go crazy. I think our release is seeing the blood and the maiming and the killing. And that's like, okay, cool. So I don't have to do that. No. <laughs> just watching. So. I remember my, my first one was um, Chucky in 98. I, I was, I was the opposite of you. My whole family, the only one that loves horror movies outside of myself is my sister. And we live together. And that has like been our hugest bonding like component. Aww. Um, but when I was a kid, I hated them so much so that my cousin Charlie would lock me in a room with a Chucky VHS playing oh my God. on the high shelf so I couldn't turn it off. And I would just cry and cry and cry. But it was at some point as you get older, it was kind of like face your fears. Like, mm -hmm. And then I watched it again when I was like 20 and I was like, oh, this isn't scary. This is funny. And this is comforting. And then I just unraveled and just deep dive into all these horror movies that I was so afraid to watch. And I was like, no, this is... This is great. I don't know why I was so scared before. So that's how I got into the club. I started much later than you, but I'm catching up. So don't worry. Anyway. Oh, that's awesome stuff though. What do you do outside of horror? Are you a writer? Are you, um, I know you have the website. Is that, does that keep you going? Like I, we need oh. more women like you writing, by the way. So if you're not writing, please learn and do it. <laughs> we need more. Um, well, you know, I, I have a lot of passion. So I did start off with Real Queen of Horror, um, just like a blog where it was like, I would just write about reviews or uh, sometimes there'll be like videos or interviews and stuff like that. Pretty much all things horror. Um, and then because of that, I started writing for some other websites uh, like Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, iHorror, Wicked Horror, Florida Geek Scene, you know, just a couple of websites like that for a couple of years, you know, on and off. Um, just because, you know, I, I love writing, but, you know, I really love uh, to film, but I've been kind of shy as of lately 
putting out some stuff every once in a while. Like I'll put like a movie out there, but I'm very critical of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, it's like, I find that I'll make movies. Like I literally have like a collection of movies, but I haven't done anything with them. It's just kind of for me wow. to learn. Off. Yeah. It, it sounds so strange. And I was just having a conversation uh, with one of my friends about this. And she's like, no, you need to like enter festivals or do whatever. Yeah. Um, I entered one festival probably like two years ago. And it was like a great experience because it was like for uh, the short movie I filmed um, called Peel. And it's like literally like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, I entered about 20 festivals. And out of the 20, I was able to get into 18. So that was cool. But, you know, looking back at that movie Peel, I know that matched who I was back then, but it doesn't match who I am now. So there's so much mm. stuff that I would change. So besides from like the filming, um, how I keep like a good balance, I like to make like YouTube videos, like kind of like a, just me talking about horror movies because again, you know, I don't want to like bore my friends and family with, hey, did you watch this movie? It's it's on here, you know? And I know like we all don't have that same passion, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, that's just pretty but much- Zina, we need you. We, I, I'm going to side with your friend here. <laughs> we need you to put the work out, even if it doesn't match you now, because that's how you get, I, I'm speaking as someone who only, who had a, a thriller, Deadly Dispatch, you guys on TV one, uh, premiere last year on TV. And, and I entered a contest and that was the first screenwriting contest wow. I ever entered. And I, I sat there for days going, I can't write, this is terrible, but I'm mm-hmm. going to send it in because I already did it. And then I became a finalist and, and I got my movie made. So That's awesome. you have to do it. We need more <laughs> Black women in horror behind the camera. And You're right. Really good ones in front of the screen. Obviously, Octavia uh, Spencer, Octavia Spencer, I apologize. Um, and Lupita with us. But behind the scenes, you know, we need so much more. We can't, we can't just depend on... Um, uh, oh, who's the, oh my gosh. See, this is why, this is why I have my cheat sheets. Um, Candyman 2020 is coming. Right. Nia. Uh, yeah, Nia can't carry the whole true <laughs> genre on her back. We need to help her out. Very um, true. So if you want to talk outside of this, I will give you the tips of the trade about festivals and um, all that stuff. Cause I, I just can tell that you've got some great stories that I oh, want man. to see, please. I would I would love that. Like, I just, I know, like, it's something that I should just, just do it, you know, but I think even thinking about with the one peel that was from two years ago, like I just put it out because little side story at the time, like, so I work in social media and at the time I was working at this hotel, but then the hotel, it was sold and they bought like a bigger property and then they yeah. wanted to outsource the marketing. So the marketing, so it was like, I was laid off and then it was just like, ah, oh, man, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And then that's like the first thing that I did. And then it, you know, it worked out, but it gave me like that push, like just to like put myself out there. But um, last year um, I did film like another one, um, another movie called She. And I mean, I'll send you it. And it's again, it's like super short. Okay. Stop saying that. Look, did you see Lights Out? Yes. I love Lights Out. Do you know where, how that movie got greenlit? Yes. You saw that short. Mm -hmm. It was a minute long. Yeah. For a minute competition. Wow. And people saw it and it got to Universal and it got greenlit and made into a feature film. You stop it with it's just two minutes. It's just this minute. That's well, all you need. Yeah, true, true. But just in case if, you know, I don't want you to expect like a feature. It's not, you know, it's just short, you know, but no, no I'll definitely it. send it your way. Please, please. Because of um, 
Because if you send it my way and I like it, I'm going to post it and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I know you said you live in Florida, but I am hint- I'm hearing some New York accent. Yeah. Not- you are, are you- right. <laughs> Brooklyn. No, no. I'm from, usually when I tell people they don't know where it is, I'm from Yonkers. I know, so, girl, who don't know okay. where Yonkers is? I know. Well, some people, they're like, where is that? Is it upstate? And I wanted to fight them. No, it's not upstate. <laughs> you can hear it. I was like, okay, I, I, I thought, I assumed you were a Florida girl, but nope, I am hearing. No, I just, I just live here. It's nice, you know, nice. so. <laughs> tell your, um, tell your people to stay inside so we can get out of here. Look, <laughs> I just live here. I don't claim them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick. Every time I turn on the news, they on the beach. But also, I live in California, and we were at the beach last week. And I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> and our mayor just shut it down. He said, beaches are closed. Parks are closed. I see, see what y'all did. See? Yeah, ruined I it wish for everybody. Florida would do the same. Ruined it. They need to. Do the same thing, Florida, okay? We're trying to get out of here. We have horror movies to make. Right. <laughs> Hasn't this, uh, we're going to get to Ma, you guys. I just, I want to end with this last piece. Um, I don't know about you, Zena, but I have an AMC A-list pass, and I am missing a theater. I'm missing, seeing, we were just about to get, what was about to come out that I was super excited to see? Oh, uh, A Quiet Place 2. We were a oh, yeah. week away. Yeah. A Quiet Place 2. And then this happened, and they won't release it online, which I get, but I'm mm-hmm. at this point, I'm like, am I going to have to watch A Quiet Place 2 in, like, December? <laughs> like Right? Like, it's just, Yeah. I'm it's so sad. Up. I missed the theater. Same, same. I, like, my favorite thing was to, like, go to the theaters, like, on weeknights. It's just so mm-hmm. peaceful. So Like, peaceful. It's, just, it's the best, but hopefully soon. Hopefully, hopefully soon. soon. They keep pushing everything. They, um, so we're going to get Candyman as well in the summer, which I always thought was crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, put it in October. Yeah, Halloween. just you might as well. Might as well. But now I think they are pushing it to October. Same thing with The Quiet Place, too. So mm-hmm. um, on October, my birthday is a week before Halloween. I was like, yeah, October about to be lit. Oh, my gosh. You have the perfect birthday. I was I'm always so jealous excited. of people. <laughs> I always have a costume party. It's always Bewitching Hour. There's so many oh horror movies God. playing on TV. My house looks like a dungeon. Yeah. Look, this October 2020... Thank you, Corona. It might be really, really lit. If we're open up, if everyone stays mm-hmm. in their house and we're able to go back to the movie theaters, we might be inundated with so much great horror, yes. you guys. So please just stay inside so we can... Please, guys. It's like they don't want to. Anyway, now we're going to move on to the main event. We are talking Ma. <laughs> this title. Oh, my God. And the line in the movie and how they got this. We're going to get into that, but... We're talking Ma 2019. So I want to go back into time when we first saw the trailer. What was your first reaction to Ma? When, okay, when I first initially saw the trailer at first, like probably like the first 40 seconds, I was like, whoa, this is the first time I'm ever seeing Octavia Spencer in a role like this. You know what? She probably took this role because she wants to challenge herself. She wants to do something new and I'm here for it, right? But then, and I I was expecting, like, it's going to be outrageous, it's going to be crazy. But then, as it continued on, you know, um, I went from, you know, like, with a straight face to smiling because I realized this is a Lifetime movie. (laughs) And Lifetime movies are my jam. So I... No, you didn't. (laughs) I did, because you know what? I find that I'm always watching the most ridiculous, like, Lifetime movies that you know what's going to happen. 
and you it's like it's supposed to be like scary and they're playing this music and how'd you find me and it's just like I'm not who is scared of you but anyway but then as you know past that 42nd mark you know like I said I I realized like I said this is going to be kind of like that more of a psycho thriller you know like that those mm -hmm. usual typical like lifetime movies because very much giving us um what was what was uh misery giving me like right. a type right and and that's that's the thing too because like one movie that i really like is single white female it's mm -hmm. like i'm thinking they might as well should have just called this single black female i still would have watched it you know? <laughs> right exactly it's, it, it's fine but it's just like it's i knew it was going to be like a thriller but surprisingly it's like and i had a feeling that i wasn't going to be scared like watching it like you know based on the trailer but which we'll get into more unexpectedly i was more disturbed with certain things um mm -hmm. that was going on but it was just like i do feel like it's it's kind of disappointing like just the the trailer overall when i like watched it and i ended like it ended i felt more disappointed because it's just like i i was just hoping that they would like take advantage of what they could possibly do with this movie you know Right. so but i was still holding on hope i even remember i did go to the theaters to see it but i probably waited for like two weeks before i went you know because i didn't want to like and it was hard because you know people want to give you spoilers about it you know so but yeah that's that's me just going on and on but why did you wait um i have a habit of doing that just mm. because it's just like i don't like you know when you go to the theaters and it's like people are like ah and it's like no that that's a cup like why are you scared from a cup you know so, <laughs> So you wanted to go with the real horror fans, not just right. the, the weekend just, audience who's just trying to see a movie. Right, right. I really gotcha. need to be able to hear it and focus on it. I don't want to hear someone, you know, trying to make everybody laugh. You know, that's a good time, but I just need that. Oh, I'm so with you on that. I am, um, I am such a theater, um, just like stuck up hoe. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I like, like you, I like to go on a weekday early, as early showing as possible. Right. So, so the kids aren't there. I'm mm -hmm. an old lady. I don't want the kids. The kids like to talk <laughs> text and, um, but also, I mean, I have AMC pass so for me, but also, you know, my biggest thing, and this is gonna get really sad, you guys, in a second. I, I have a new rule. I won't see a new uh, high budget movie um, on the opening weekend because of, you know, guns and- Right, and I, and I get it. Yeah, I haven't done that since, um, uh, the Colorado shooting. I haven't. I haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And then people get so annoyed at me. Like when Avengers came out, like we gotta go on Friday. I said, Hell no, yeah. I'm not going to Avengers on a Friday night mm -hmm. weekend. I waited. I, I had to dodge all the spoilers. But like you, I waited. <laughs> so with Ma, I didn't go on opening weekend. But we we did go like the following Tuesday. We didn't wait that long. But um, that's the only reason why I won't do it. That that's my new rule. Unless y'all, this government wants to get it together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm protect myself and I will just take myself out of the equation. <laughs> right. Um, but when I first saw the trailer from Ma, uh, you know, it, it had her, her line, don't make me drink alone. And, uh, <laughs> and I just, I said, there is some niggery afoot. No, just kidding. <laughs> so I had to blur that out. I'll bleep that out. I said, what is going on here? Um, her painting the white face. I remember on the black character. Mm -hmm. the sewing of the lips i do remember i have this theory that if you put all your like if the trailer is really really good then the movie is going to not be really good mm -hmm. i felt that way when i watched the trailer for it too and they had the extended scene like it wasn't a trailer they just had the extended scene of um the miss crutcher right mm -hmm. uh, of her going to the apartment and then as soon as i saw that trailer 
I was like, you guys, they just gave us the best thing in that movie. That means the rest of the movie is going to let us down. And that's how I felt about Ma. I was like, oh, they just showed us all the highlights. That means the rest, there's nothing more for us to give. Um, the only movie mm -hmm. I will say that surprised me was Invisible Man. That, that twist in Invisible Man at the restaurant, I was like, oh, they saved that out of the trailer, thank God. So when I saw Ma, I knew I was interested. Octavia Spencer, never seen her in a role like this, but also, obviously any black woman um, that, mm -hmm. in a lead of a horror film, but not as the victim, right. as like the Freddy of them all, the ghoul, I was so mm -hmm. down for. And I, I want more of that, by the way. Um, it's a teetered line we live in when you're a black woman, but also when you're just African-American period. <clears throat> Excuse me. We want to be represented in horror, but we don't want to be the villain, which I think Candyman does very well. Um, it's like, he is a villain, he is the evil one, he is the bad one, but we have to, we, we're very cautious with it because we also don't want to perpetuate a stereotype that Black people are evil or mean right. or whatever stereotypes out there pertain to us. I do feel like the strength of Ma is that it was more so, because if you guys didn't know, Ma was not written as a Black character originally. Mm -hmm. She was written as a white woman. So I think that's where the strength comes from is her race actually isn't addressed at all in this right. film, which I have issues with, which we'll get into, um, because it wasn't written for Octavia in the beginning. Um, but I do like that, the fact that she is just allowed to be a villain and we don't have to create any new nuances about it because she's a Black woman. It's like, no, she is crazy. She's a villain. She, she's going to be the bad guy. So with that said, let me break it down for you with our cheat sheet for Ma. So Ma premiered on May 31st, 2019. It has a runtime of 99 minutes. And that includes credits, which is so short. It's almost like a comedy. Mm -hmm. um, it was distributed by Universal Pictures. If you don't know, they have a, a deal with Blumhouse, who is the producer on this project. Um, as to be expected, because it is a Blumhouse production, it had a budget of $5 million, which is their sweet spot, which is what they're known for. They rarely go over that. Um, and it made on opening weekend 45.8 million. So the Blumhouse model works perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. It grossed internationally 60.6 um, .6 million, which is, that, that's, a, that's amazing, you guys, for a budget of $5 million. Um, this is the part that confuses me. It has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 92%. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about because the, the audience, um, percentage is 55, which is much more accurate. It also has a Metacritic score of 53, how? Um, and a user score of 5.4. Um, it's directed by Tate Taylor, who's most notably known for directing The Help and The Girl on the Train. Great movies, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, it was written by Scotty Lands, who's known for most of his TV writing for Workaholics and Love You Mean It. Um, composed by Gregory Trippi, uh, The Uninvited, Drag Me to Hell, Cinematographer, which I didn't know this until I had to look it up, which is great. Um, uh, a woman, Christina Varos. Um, this is her most notable credit, Ma. I hope she works much more often. Please hire her. I think the cinematography is great. Mm -hmm. um, it was edited, edited by Lucy Donaldson and Jen Lee. Uh, you'll know Lucy from Truth or Dare and Happy Death Day. She seems to work with Blumhouse a lot. And in our title role of Ma, we have Octavia. Octavia I, I will stop saying her name wrong. I will. Um, Octavia Spencer, obviously from The Help in the Shape of Water. Um, Diana Silvers, newcomer Diana Silvers. I believe 
uh, Diana's from Booksmart, if you guys haven't seen it, but I do remember last year thinking, wow, Diana had a great year because this Mm -hmm. came out and then Booksmart came out like a month later. Um, so she did, she did that. I really hope to see more of her. I think she's sensational. And, and then my favorite, the goddess of my soul, Juliette Lewis, natural born killers, what's eating Gilbert Gray and a list of other things we could go into, but I only listed two. Mm -hmm. Um, God, if you guys don't know Juliette Lewis, please do your homework. She is queen. And I want to see her in more horror films. And we'll talk about the cast in a second because this cast is ridiculous for a $5 million budget movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know, I, I figured out why the cast is ridiculous like this, but I, I'm still questioning like, like Juliette, you didn't have to do this. Um, anyway, um, so that's the specs for Ma. There's one other person in the cast and it's gonna escape me. I'm gonna hate that it's gonna escape me. Let me find her name. Um, oh, Allison Jan- Janning. Allison Janning, Oscar yeah. Award nominated and winner. Um, <laughs> why did you sign up for this film? Um, it appears to me, according to IMBD and Wiki, that Tate Taylor, so if you didn't know, Tate Taylor is previously an actor uh, turned director. And I think he's found a really strong suit in directing. I really do like him as a director. Um, and the help uh, was with Octavia and Allison. So that's where they came aboard because Tate reached out to them um, after reading this project at Blumhouse, literally the day after they optioned it and saying, hey, I want to do this and um, pitching it to Octavia. And she signed on because she really wanted to make a change in her career. She's, she's most notably known for, and this is the irony of it all, isn't it, Zena? Mm-hmm. Um, playing the like mammy type. Right. And then she kind of does that here in this movie. I don't know if it's, I don't know if she's the mammy type in this movie because she is a black woman or because of the role. What do you think? I think it's more of the role, you know, because it's like, it's kind of like what you said, like, actually, like yesterday, I just decided, like, after I watched the movie, like, rewatched it again, I, I just decided to like, look at her work, you know, what she's been doing, you know, from the start of her career. And I actually read an article where they said that she has played a maid, a nurse, a cleaner, a cleaner 21 times. Wow. And you, and you see that, you see it so and much. And this movie, so. she's a vet. She's a, not even a vet, she's a vet assistant. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I mean. So I, I think that it's just more of the role. I don't see her in that light. Um, and I just think that she, you know, kind of like what you said earlier, like she wanted to do something more, you know, something different. She wanted to do something different, but ended up doing something of the same. But my issue, my, my dilemma is, it's not an issue, it's a role was written for a white woman. It wasn't written for her. So when she steps into the role, they, I feel like where they drop the ball, and <laughs> this is why you need Black women on your pre-production team, I'll mm-hmm. tell you right now, when you're doing yeah. horror. As soon as a Black woman introduces a villain, you've got to change, it just can't be, oh, we're just going to make her black now. The whole narrative change, everything changes. It does. Right. It just does. And to escape that whole mammy trope, which is so huge when it comes to black people in horror films, um, they should have made changes to Luann's career, her backstory. I mean, they did include some backstory. In the original script, there wasn't as much backstory. I don't, I have issues with the, it, it is a, and this is a trigger warning. This is an R word. It is a rape backstory. I don't care if it if they played it off as a joke it's still a rape backstory Mm -hmm. so this technically makes this movie a rape revenge movie and i have so big issues with that because i'm so sick of that trope as well right 
Like, why do women, especially black women, but women have to go through the most heinous thing to, to grow as characters or to become villains? Like, mm-hmm. it's just so annoying. So, ah, so it's, it's hard for me because I'm like, I feel like they just swapped the races and thought it would be okay. And mm-hmm. no one really, because there, I, I don't assume, I mean, I haven't seen um, the rest of the production team, but it doesn't seem to me it was a conversation really at all to say, how do we nuance that this is now a black woman into this story? Um, yeah. And it, most notice, notably, this, this, they never specify where this story takes place, but it does look like it's a mid-Ohio-ish mm-hmm. Western town. And I'm from Michigan, and I can tell you right now, um, there aren't a lot of black people, first of all, in this movie, outside of Octavia and the young man, the kid, I, I'll find his name later. Um, so she, you, like, you stick out like a sore thumb, you just do, and you kind of assimilate into this white culture. And I'm just like, you guys could have went with in that direction. She's the only like black, and she's a larger black girl in her high school. Like mm-hmm. she, and she's not by any means cool. You could have went in that direction, but you went with the rape direction. Right. Like, and that's, that's the thing, I mean, you know, on the surface, it doesn't seem like the plot has anything to do with race, but I do feel like it is. They don't mention it, and I feel like they just skip something entirely, you know, and that's what I mean, where it's like this movie, it had the potential to be something so powerful, because like you said, it takes place in a, you know, most likely, like, that looks like a small town. It looks like people, they don't really go that far. They don't really get to do much, and it's unfortunate, because it's just like, while I was watching it, like, that's that's not the type of lifestyle I had as a teenager. So mm-hmm. where I lived, there was always something to do, you know? But with those kids, they didn't really have a lot. So, you know, it's just like, it's it's sad to watch her story. But like you said, it is a, it is a rape, revenge, trauma story, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I wasn't expecting it to go in that direction. And, you know, I do feel like, she has like a right to feel that way, but there's so many questions where it's just like, okay, first off, why would you stay in that town? Why didn't you say anything? And, you know, on top of that, it's like, you know, I guess when she was a teenager, she fit that standard for, you know, high school bullies to pick on her. She's socially awkward. She's geeky. She's wearing, you know, glasses and she's a little bit overweight and she's shy. So because of that, it's just like, all right, you know, here, here it goes. And, you know, the thing is, it's like when they started doing like the flashbacks, it's just like I was yelling, no, literally, I was right. going to other people in the theater. <laughs> right. And that's what I mean. You have the potential to do it. And it's like my problem is like with Tate Taylor, you know, honestly, I don't have an issue with him. I don't have an issue with anyone like behind the scenes, but it's just like it's more of, OK, this script seems like it was rushed. You guys, it needs a rewrite. It probably needs at least three or four because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much details that's happening. And then when they are, when they run into conflict, instead of like attacking it straight on or like taking it a little bit further, they turn the other way, like kind of jumping ahead. But when like the kids, they start to realize like, hey, there's something wrong with her. You know, instead of like attacking front on, they, they turn a different direction. And it's just like, what are you doing? No, you that, you're absolutely right. This movie muddles between like not doing enough and then going way too far. Like, mm-hmm. And it's okay, we can skip ahead. We're gonna read the plot eventually, but we're just kind of giving an overview. Like when she finally catches her rapist, or he wasn't even the rapist, but he set her up, you know, yeah. like 
the other guy was he set her up he and she finally gets him you know into bed and we all think oh he's gonna she's gonna cut his dick off and you're like whoa that's extreme and then she doesn't but instead she puts dog blood in him to slow like I, i'm sure that would kill you i'm actually i don't know the science on this does mm-hmm. like infusing human blood with dog, that would probably fuck you up probably right like mm-hmm. kill, kill you right all right so that's really cool but then she slits his wrist <laughs> and i'm just like so what is it is he dying the slow like right. infused blood right. death or are you just gonna slit like, his wrist chop it off like just go that extra mile exactly just go there if you're going to go there go there like the thing with misery is just like so she pelted his his ankle so he couldn't run they went there i'm mm-hmm. like just go there if you gotta torture this guy just torture it but the tear right. back and forth between this like well we're not gonna cut a penis off because that's too tropey i'm like well you all the whole film is tropey you might as well mm-hmm. just continue the trope Absolutely. um so they didn't kill the dog because that's too tropey and it's a trope i don't like either way i, I don't like when the, the dog is obviously killed first but mm-hmm. she just drained the dog for blood and i'm just like you might as well kill it. Like, what's the point? Like, and then the whole thing where um, Allison Jennings plays her boss, we don't even see that death on screen. I'm like, what is it? But we see this yeah. attack of her driving over the town slut. And I'm just like, you guys, you gotta, this whole middle, like, our, like we're gonna do it, we're not gonna do it. Um, I believe it's rated PG-13. So maybe that's why they wanted to keep it uh, you know, Blumhouse likes to keep it in a medium where they can get as much audience eyes on their films. And that's fine. But then take it back. Take mm-hmm. it back the notch. Like, if you're going to keep it PG-13, then take it back the notch. But the whole trying to teeter on, like, what we can get away with under the PG-13 scope is just so confusing and muddled and, and terrible. Right. <sighs> Let's get into this plot. Because we, there's so much more to be said <laughs> about this movie. All right. So I'm reading this plot off of Wikipedia, okay? So I didn't like steal it, but I'm literally gonna read it word for word. And we're gonna stop and start as much as it, (laughs) as much as we need to. Teenage Maggie Thompson moves with her mother, Erica, to her Ohio, oh, it is in Ohio, hometown after Erica's husband leaves her. I did not catch that in the movie. Maybe I missed that. I didn't understand that Erica's husband, I knew that the divorce happened, but um, I, I didn't catch that they had, she just left the family. That's terrible uh and that's where we have the role that um my queen juliette lewis is playing uh, erica it's really weird for me who grew up watching juliette lewis playing the teenager now playing the mother but um she's fabulous i do think she's so underserved in this movie she doesn't have a purpose jesus yep. it's juliette lewis <laughs> and she's just the mother like you could have cast anyone in this role mm-hmm. i i don't I don't understand it. I, I, at first I thought it was, you know, Ma was going to kidnap Erica mm-hmm. and like hold her um, like for Maggie to come get her. And then that never happened. And I'm just like, so why do we, why do we have Juliet Lewis in this role? She deserves, I kind of would be interested to see Juliet Lewis's Ma. Not that I don't love Octavia, <laughs> but I'm just like, God, she'd be so good. Anyway, at her new high school, Maggie befriends Haley, Daryl, Chaz, and Andy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Haley. I, I don't like her. And I don't understand why, you know, because, you know, Maggie's the quote-unquote nice girl. Why are you friends with her? And then on top of that, how come everybody else is kind of like booed up except for Darrell or Daryl, whatever his name is, the black guy? Right. Why? Right. 
Where he's just kind of hanging out. Haley and Chaz make out, and they're not a thing, but they are a thing. And mm-hmm. then Maggie and um, Andy get together, and Darrell is just like they are taking himself. pictures of them again, and making them laugh. And and it's I can't find any uh, info on this role, but I uh, I don't know. If, I mean, if Darrell was black in the original script, that would shock me. <laughs> like, why are you hanging out with these white kids, Darrell? You're gonna get your ass in trouble. <laughs> it's just my thing is not that I'm trying to be like mean or anything, but it's just like I like I don't know why he was hanging out with them. Like. Right. Seem like he was just there to make them laugh like seriously like no, just- no 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 seriously let's talk about this okay audience because some of you are not black and i want you to understand this black parents don't do that Darrell, you riding around in a van at all hours of the night drinking with no. and with whose house and whose black no. house <laughs> and that van is filthy that van so- is filthy <laughs> nasty no and you're just hanging out like no, no 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 and that's why i can't be convinced i cannot be convinced that Darrell. Um, and maybe it's because obviously the writer is not black, Scotty's not black, but that's just not, even in Ohio, I know that the people make an argument, oh, they're in Ohio, I'm from Michigan, you guys, it doesn't matter where we are, black parents are not, Darrell is not hanging out with the Haley's and the Andy's and the Chaz's late at night, riding around in a van, drinking. Plus, you know, it's a small town, so, you know, if it's a small town and they're outside of a liquor store trying to get liquor, I'm right. thinking somebody. I know what? you. I know your mama. Exactly. I know. I'm telling. I would tell. Like, especially in a small town, how and you're one of the only black kids. Like, if you look at the the parties they have later in the film, I could spot like a few extras that were black, but literally it looks like it's a mostly white town. So, Darrell, don't tell me that they put you in charge of asking for the liquor, knowing damn well you are the one of the few black families in town. No, they're gonna know. They're gonna know. Figure it out. They'll go to every single house. Like, and you won't get like- your ass beat. <laughs> so. Already from the bat, I don't believe these kids are friends. There's mm-hmm. something to be said about Nightmare on Elm Street when you first open up um, for the Nightmare on Elm Street and you see the kids. They're really friends, even though they're very different from each other. You know, one's really cool, one's the, the popular girl. You could tell that they're actually really friends. I don't mm-hmm. get that from this movie. I don't right. get that these people are friends. I get that they're just thrown together because they have to fit certain types, right? You have to mm-hmm. have the party girl, Haley who causes trouble and she's a little you know funny sassy mouth and she talks a lot and Darrell who is just there for the comic relief which we see all the time Mm -hmm. with god it's such an old trope um and then we have Chaz who's just like he's supposed to be the heartthrob I mean not no no shade to this actor he's very handsome but he is definitely heartthrobby for Ohio I'm just gonna leave it at that um and then Andy who's like the shy new guy Mm -hmm. and then Maggie of course like you said who is our just like I guess if you want to put this in 90s context she would be our virgin she would be our um Cindy it's a Cindy from Scream Mm -hmm. like she's the innocent one and of course everything happens to her and it's very reactionary she doesn't actually cause anything it's just everything happens to her I hate this so much as we keep talking about it Andy, who immediately develops a crush on her, obviously, because everyone falls for the new girl. Which is crazy. Like, I, whatever. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I will give them credit. They could have had a whole, like, Haley being jealous because Maggie's a new girl and she's pretty and popular. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go with that angle, thank God, because that is my... It's tiring. I, yeah, it's so tiring. They convinced Sue Ann, Ma. <laughs> Let's talk about how Ma gets this nickname. This is so frustrating. So... The kids actually go up in the basement and, and 
Ma, you know, she says, you know, if you're going to drink, you're going to drink at home, which is actually very true. My, my mom, at least, she never let me go to other people's houses to drink, but she did say, if you want some wine in the house, like you're going to be in the house in front of me and you can drink some wine. She never, like, it was never booze or anything, but she's like, you're going to be in the house, you're going to be safe. Anyway, Suyan invites the kids to the basement, okay, and then Darrell, you know, asked if they have, you know, we have any snacks. He goes, do you have any uh, pizza rolls, Ma? <laughs> When's the last time someone called you Ma, Zena? Um, 2004? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody says that anymore. Nobody says that anymore, and this film came out in 2019. This is why I have a problem. I, I, uh, this is why you can't just change the race of people, of characters, and call it a day. So, Scotty, Tate, if you're listening to this, we love you. No one says ma anymore. 2004, absolutely. Um, but this is 2019. If someone would call me ma today, I'd be like, what the hell is wrong with yeah, you? And- <laughs> what is wrong with you? So, he calls her ma, and Sue Ann, like, smiles and when she goes ma <laughs> sorry <laughs> and she likes it and now they all call her mom <laughs> but even before that this is what i you know i was already getting irritated because how they ended up in her basement because i was wondering okay how are they gonna like plan this out because there's no way i would be in some random black lady's basement like <laughs> like no one's basement period but it was just like just weird so like i remember when they got to her house and well, she brought the thing about how, oh, well, I got a place you guys want to party like rock stars. Just take me yes, home. You guys can probably home, right? But okay, <laughs> fine. They get, to, they get to her house. But she lives out in the middle of nowhere. I live in the middle of nowhere, you know, but maybe, maybe it could be a good time, right? But then when you see the house, you can just tell that she's up to something, okay? Right. In the basement. But then here's the thing too, right? Fast forward, they're like, you know, the girl, um... Haley, she's like, oh, I gotta pee, you know, right? And then they're like, well, you know, Darrell's like, but we don't know her. And it's just like, I'm like, yes, Darrell, yes. Yes, right? Darrell, tell him, we don't know her. But then, you know, they look to Maggie, who's the new girl. They look to Maggie, in this town, in, in her entire life, her mom right. is from there, but Maggie is not from there. She's, she's not. She's what from California. Think? She's a California girl. It's like if I, my friend Erica, who's lived in LA her life, I took her to Michigan and she's like, hey, yo, let's go to, to Hazlitt. Bitch, you want to go where? No. <laughs> we not no. going to Hazlitt? <laughs> like, what? And like, it's just, it was just questionable. So then when, when he called her ma, at this point, anything can happen in this movie. And I was just like, I tried. I'm just going to be quiet <laughs> and I'm going to watch. And you know what's funny? He doesn't even fight it anymore. We're saying, we don't know her. They just look at Maggie, and Maggie decides, and then it's like, all right, cool. Darrell, what? Yeah, he's not even going to fight. Asking for pizza bites. Pizza rolls. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And why why the hell do you have them in your house, Marianne? Like, exactly. Your daughter is sick. I know it's not her eating the damn pizza rolls. It's not her. And (laughs) they didn't even know that she had a daughter. Right, they didn't even know that she had a daughter. So that would be my first question. Like, why the fuck does this old lady have pizza rolls? Like, <laughs> why does she have them? <laughs> like, and I feel like, Scotty, this is where you get it wrong, dude. Like, yes, teenagers eat pizza rolls. Um, when I was a teenager mm-hmm. in, in uh, 2002 and 2013, or in 2003, absolutely, yeah, pizza rolls were a thing. Uh, my brothers are 15 years old now. Not once have they ever asked, uttered the words, you got some pizza rolls. That's never once came out of they their mouth. 
Just keep it at snacks. Just say, hey, you snacks. chips or yeah, any snacks. Doritos, Cheetos. Yeah. I, that I could believe. Taki. Yes. That I could believe. Yes. yes. <laughs> but pizza rolls, what age are you? That's how this whole thing is just like, it was clearly written by someone who is not in tap with what it is to A, be a kid from the Midwest right. and to be a teenager in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like my pizza rolls, it's all outdated, all of it. Right. It's and, so and embarrassing. It is. And then, and that's what I mean, where it's just like, if somebody just reread the script again, like, no, hey guys, wait, let's go over it again, you know? Or just hand it to your teen. I know some of you have kids. Hey kid, 14 year old, read this. Anything sound wrong to you? They would have right. said, yeah, all this right here, all of this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And it's just like, it was, I, I don't know if it was like a rushed movie, you know? I don't know if they really just wanted to push it out like ASAP. Maybe they didn't have time. I mean, I to know. theorize, Octavia Spencer's schedule is, bo- I think she's booked mm-hmm. to the end of time. So if she had a space where she could do it, I would think, yes, it was rushed because this is the only time we can get her to do it unless we want the movie to come out in 10 right. years. So then, yeah, we don't have time to like take another second glance and we'll just figure it all out. And that did not work. So anyway, that's how Sue Ann got her nickname, Ma. And here's the other thing too. Her name is Sue Ann Ellington. It's like, did y'all even change her name to match like the race that you changed? Like that is definitely a Karen name, Sue Ann Ellington. That's, that's Karen. That's a Karen (laughs) for sure. You didn't even try. <laughs> at least make her a Jackson, right? Well, <laughs> General Smith, you Smith, know, Jackson, something. Jeez, but anyway. Um. So they convinced Sue Ann, Matt Ellington, a veterinarian technician, not even a vet, to mm-hmm. help them buy alcohol because they are underage. Um. Yeah, I do remember. I had older cousins. Look. I don't know what town they live in where the fact that none of these kids have older cousins or cool cousins or, or, or brothers or older sisters that are in college because the last thing I'm going to do is wait outside the local 7-Eleven or in, in Lansing, it's cutie, um, and ask random old people to buy me alcohol. I always went to my cousin Shanika. I said, Shanika, please buy me alcohol. When I was in college, first of all, mm-hmm. um, because at, at some point, you guys, and this is why I feel like you're out of touch. Kids know how to get alcohol without asking adults. Right. Because <laughs> like, wait a minute. You know what? You're absolutely right. If they are in a small town, guarantee that there is someone who makes fake IDs or something. Something. Like, and plus, why would you still be in like that particular sound? I can you know what look I'm from Lansing all right it's a very small it is the capital of Michigan but it is small um not a lot of people leave that town not a lot of people leave their small towns because they get comforted and and this is where they have to be and they're rooted there so I I get that part but for me it's just like every weekend I went to a party in high school there was a shit ton of booze and weed um I didn't partake in the festivities until I got to college because I was always the sober driver (laughs) but um where did my friends get them from their drug dealers, from their older sisters right. or brothers or cousins or seniors in the high school. Why do like, like even the seniors in the high school had fake IDs were able to get it. You know what I mean? Like it is, Ohio is not like Egypt in the middle of the, the desert. There are ways for teenagers to get alcohol without having to get older people to get it. And I understand like we need it, but we need a catalyst. So we can introduce them on. This is how we could do it. I just feel like that's such an archaic way to do it. It's just like, right. it's so, again, 
you're not aware of what it is to be a teenager in 2019, especially. I'm like, if y'all just don't download that saucy app and, <laughs> and get that delivered to you and use mm-hmm. your fake ID when they ask you for ID, like, come on. There's yeah. so many ways you can, or steal it. I think, I'm pretty sure all my friends stole alcohol. Or there's two girls, go inside, flirt with the guy. Two girls, easy, easy done. Pretty girls, young girls, pretty right. done. Done. Um, <laughs> so Sue Ann anonymously reports the teenagers' activities. So she snitches, which I don't really understand yeah. why she snitched. When did that happen? So the kids go out to the rocks. There's this rocks area. This is like the drinking area. Mm-hmm. And they start drinking, and, and Sue Ann snitches on them by calling um, Ben's father, or sorry, Andy's father. Um, oh, oh, yes, say, yes. Hey, you know, I know your son's out there drinking. Mm-hmm. How does she have his number? She probably always had it. Like, look. His number like, hasn't changed since high school? <laughs> since the 80s? When they had no cell phone? True, phones? true. But I, I thought that she probably um, got it because of his business. So that's probably like. Uh, oh, right. That's right. She had the business card. She had the business card. And that's you know, right. What's weird is, is that, you know, again with like I feel like this movie could have been so powerful it's like I guess something seeing Maggie or, or seeing all these kids ask well they, that they asked her that they gave her attention and then she could finally be the cool person um you know that maybe it triggered something in her you know for sure first, yeah so it's like at first I wasn't like the first time I watched it like I didn't understand like okay where did that come from but I guess re-watching it that just kind of like confirmed you know, with them also, asking her. It also makes me feel like, okay, well then she's very, very smart and savvy that she set this up, this plan from the beginning. Like, oh, I'm going to snitch on them and then they'll have nowhere to drink and then I'm going to take them to my basement. And I'm just like, but is she that smart and savvy? Like, if she was, would she be a vet technician? Like, that takes some serious planning on Sue Ann's part mm-hmm. to be like, if I snitch on them, I know the cops will show up and they won't go back there. And I know they'll come back. So I'm going to take them to my basement. I'm just like, that's a lie. It is. <laughs> but you know, I think that she that she might be because it's like I was saying earlier, like, I think like that, that town, it just seems like it's one of those small towns where people, they don't go far. So even when I'm thinking with what happened to her, why didn't you just leave? You know, you go away to college, you don't come back. But then seeing her house, that's probably like her family's house. It right. seems like she probably didn't have like crazy bills. You know what I mean? So she got comfortable and just decided right. to stay there. And that's why a lot of people, you get comfortable in your town and you don't want to leave because yeah, your, your family's rooted in there. And right. my, my thing is, I feel like she didn't leave because of the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they only mentioned briefly that, she had a husband because she has a ring on which is so frustrating because i'm just like they never bring it up again it never pays off um did she kill her husband like that's the thing like pay it off like yeah. if she killed her husband then that would make because i don't want to believe that sue ann just snapped one day seeing maggie and the, these kids in the van because like why now mm-hmm. why when maggie comes back to town but if she's always been like she killed her husband and whatever i think that makes it make sense for me that she's always been crazy but they never pay it off but also it makes sense why she's staying in the town like she had a baby um and, and a very sick child so you know i gotta stay in town and it makes you wonder if there's going to be a pa movie because you know, like <laughs> think about it. Like, okay, so she was always the only black one, and so then clearly, like, who was your baby daddy? Right? <laughs> Did he betray her too, and she killed him, or 
Right. You know, like you said. Because that baby is clearly not mixed. That's a black child. Yeah, that's a man. So I have so many questions. I'm just like, but mm-hmm. you don't explain them and you don't pay them off. And uh, we haven't even made it past the first paragraph of the plot. <laughs> so much. We're going to keep going, but we'll come back to that, I'm sure. Um, so she snitches and they're released because of the officer's history with Andy's father, Ben. Obviously, everyone in this town went to high school together. So the cop mm-hmm. went to high school. Like, that's how small this town is, which makes that's why this makes literal zero sense why the kids are begging for alcohol. So they should know Sue, Sue Ann. They should know who this is. Like, yeah. the town is that small. This is the first time you're meeting her? No. Whatever. Um, the next day, Sue Ann invites the teenagers to drink in her basement. The next time they go, Sue Ann has decorated her basement and has lots of other teenagers show up at the house party, making her very popular among students. That's, uh, oh my gosh. So Sue Ann's, so uh, in the Midwest, I mean, in California, I don't know if you guys are in Florida, but I'm sure you do. I think it's only in California you guys don't have basements. But in the Midwest, yeah, basements are a thing. And hanging out in the basements are a thing. I've been to plenty of basement parties mm-hmm. in my life. And um, the fact that Sue Ann's basement was not finished at this point is really unbelievable for me as someone from Michigan. Like, no, our basements aren't like our attics, like cellars or garages where we throw crap. It's finished. We finish mm-hmm. our basements because of tornadoes and we need a space to go to in case there's a tornado. So no, your, her basement is, should, is just like out of whack until the kids come. I'm like, I don't buy that. Everyone has a finished basement in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. We all put, our, you know, it's like a second living room or something where we watch the games or we have baby showers, whatever. But all right. Again, you don't know. I, I don't think Scotty, I'd be surprised if Scotty's from the Midwest. Um, so then the kids turn up at this, this basement, but then they invite every other one, all the other students from the high school. And that's where I'm just like, I get really pissed. I'm like, what? <laughs> Y'all, you had it good. Like, at first I was like, first of all, why are these five people hanging out together? That's weird. Like, you're not going to parties. You just want to drink together. All right. Um, And then (laughs) then all the kids show up and I'm like, all right, now it's way too many people. (laughs) um, Anyway, let's, let's move on. However, her hospitality starts to annoy the group as she continuously harasses them to engage in various activities with her. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. My biggest problem, one of my biggest problems with this movie is the music. (laughs) Why? Oh my gosh. So I don't know if it's a budget thing because, okay, we $5 million, so we can't license like Nikki or Beyonce. Who is listening to that in 2019 as a teenager? Even if you're in Ohio, that's why I feel like you guys feel like. Like, you guys are writing the Midwest, like, we're so lame. We knew what contemporary music was. We weren't listening to, like, what is some of the music in here? Let me see if I can find it. It's the one, like, da, 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 da. Yeah, I always thought that that was supposed to be from her time, so that she was the one that was picking the music. And then, you know, the kids were just like, you know what? Who cares? I'm drunk. And, you know, like, they're drinking and they're having fun, so they just went with it. But if she wanted to be so cool, if you want to be so cool, if you grew up just being the nerd... Wouldn't you want to pick the coolest music? But she probably doesn't know any better. You know, it's her time to shine and do the robot that she's been practicing for years. Like, (laughs) so. She's, yeah, gotta make a move to a town I was so annoyed when I saw her. And she put on a hat to try to snap. I was, I'm going home. I was like, go ma, go ma. It's just like, (laughs) 
it's just like I would oh. never. It's very lifetime movie, like you said. It's very lifetime movie, and and it's not the only time that song, the song like that comes on. The whole movie is riddled. The song choices are from the eighties. Yeah, we get it. She's from the eighties. I, I, my mom grew up in the eighties. I'm like, but she also knows who Beyonce and Nicki Minaj is. Like, she knows contemporary music. I'm just so frustrated because it just seems like this movie why didn't it just take place in the 80s like why not just let it take place in the 80s then it makes much more sense than trying to say she's to be contemporary and she's trying to get um the old bullies kids and stuff i'm just like you might as well just made it a a, a film about a teenage girl who doesn't fit in Mm -hmm. sue ann um and who's trying to fit in and she has a basement and her mom's sick i'd rather that i'd rather the reversal like her mom is sick so she's allowed to have all the cool kids at her house and it takes place in the 80s like Look at that. I just pitched Ma the better version. <laughs> Check with me, Bloomhouse. Like, we could have done this a lot easier. Um, so that's my, that's one of my biggest gripes is like, I'm just not believing the kid. But you know what's funny? The best, the best thing they got right about this is the girl who's passed out on the couch because she is like the preacher's daughter. I knew a girl like that. That's I, a thing? Wow. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a, I think I, I, I was the girl, not drinking, but pretending to sleep. When I remember one time everyone was, um, we were in a basement, obviously, smoking. They were smoking weed. And uh, I knew at that time I was 16. And I was like, if I smoke weed, my mom's going to know. She's just going to know. And I can't do it. So I pretended that weed gave me like contact high and I fell asleep, but I was awake. It's just so they want to like pass it to me and peer pressure me. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was that girl. I was that girl. Um, and then the next morning my mom came to pick me up. I like drenched my clothing in perfume. So she wanted to smell it, but she, she knew I told her, I was like, I didn't do it, but yes, I was around it. She already knew. Anyway, that they got right <laughs> for sure. Um, one night Sue Ann sees Andy and Maggie kissing and becomes jealous as she is in love with him. Having had a crush on his father, Ben in high school. So she's a pedophile now. I I saw it. I saw that. Like that was just clear as day. Some of the stuff, you know, what did she say to Darrell? Milk has done you good. Oh, you milked on the body good. But this is my thing. Like you can make her a villain without having to make her a rape victim and then a pedophile, which is so problematic to say that, well, she was raped as a kid. So she's going to be naturally attracted to kids that age because she never grew up in her mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, why does she, why does it have to be so layered and she just can't be like crazy? <laughs> like, why is that not enough? Right. To just say that. Um, and Ben looks, Ben's dad is, or Ben, I'm sorry, Andy's dad is fine. Okay. Andy's dad grew up fine. But we, he's a terrible person. <laughs> terrible person. Absolutely. But so is everyone in this movie, basically. But I'm just like, Andy is not fine. Like her dad, like his daddy. Like we might as well just go ahead and have a crush like, on the daddy still and, and, and try to lure the dad. That's what I thought. I didn't really get like, I mean, I got it that she did like Andy, but I thought it was more so as a way to get to Ben. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to befriend Andy and he's going to like me. And then his dad will come because obviously she knew that his wife has died because the town is small, which again, that doesn't make me believe that you guys didn't know who Sue Ann was. The town is that small that she was aware that your mom had died, Andy, and you don't know who this woman is. Okay. Um, but I thought she was using Andy to kind of get to Ben to, to say, hey, look, I'm older now and we're, you're older now. I don't know. Ben's an asshole though. But uh, so she's a pedophile as well. Cool. Um, and she drugs Maggie immediately after and takes her earrings which doesn't pay off either. Does Maggie ever get her earrings back? No. After that? 
No, and that girl never gets back her bracelet. Like, and it burns the house. It burned in the house. And those are the earrings her dad gave her mom, and it was so special. And and we uh mm. never get them back. Um, oh wait, unless did they go upstairs? Remember the Haley and them? I don't think that they, they found, found it. it. Right. They just found the daughter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I have something to say about her, but when, when we get there. We'll get there. The next morning, Maggie wakes up and notices her earrings are missing and is badly bruised and cut. Yep, scared. Maggie tells Andy that she does not want to go to her house anymore and that she does not want him to go as well, and he agrees. Maggie, this is kind of a dick move. So you definitely tell your boyfriend not to go, but fuck Haley and Daryl Jazz. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she did not care. She has a man. And that's all she needs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we not going anymore, but y'all go. It's cool. Like, what's wrong with my oh no, nothing, no, she cool. We just we not gonna go. But y'all go. Y'all go. Tell me how it is. I'm not going. And neither is Amy. No, they they just they cannot stay away anyway. Right. So like Maggie does not care what happens to the rest of y'all, but her <laughs> and her man, we're not going. <laughs> um so one day to earn the group's trust back. Maggie meets them to tell them that they that she has pancreatic cancer. Let's go back though, because before this, Ma, I'm sorry, not Maggie, Ma. Before this, Ma sends a series of videos. <laughs> oh God. Where she's drinking and singing and you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, and then that cackling and don't, don't make, make me, me drink alone. Don't make like, me drink alone. Sorry, that's my favorite line from the whole movie, though. Like, uh, I knew when that trailer, when I heard that in the trailer, I was like, "This is it. I want a T-shirt that says it." And, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, I, I and that's it. when I knew that this movie was going to be ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. you know, for all the wrong reasons, like a Lifetime movie. But I mean, you know, I I I enjoy watching Lifetime movies. Like, I can't stop. Like, I think that they're fun. So I love I mean, Lifetime movies. It is. It's like, it's like with her saying and stuff like you, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it could have been more of a serious tone, but it just For sure. wasn't this movie. So it wasn't this movie. And then as Ma's sending in videos, they all decide to block her. Obviously mm-hmm. Haley kind of leads it. Haley sends a video that somehow gets back to Ma. It's never explained. Like either Haley's a super bitch and she CC'd Ma on this video message <laughs> Or someone snitched and gave it to Ma. I don't know. I think that Ma started following them on social media probably secretly because remember how like they found a box outside of their dirty van when they were um, coming with alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. And so then, you know, Maggie was the only one to ask, how did she get our number when they got like a text from her? Right. Everyone's like, like, I laughed so loud when Maggie asked that question because I was (laughs) thinking that like, how did she so, get all of your guys' numbers? It's not like, it's not available online. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like Sue Ann is like this techie nerd where she could figure out how to track down cell phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, right? That's again, giving her credit that she's a super sleuth and that she's able to like plan all this and track down phone numbers. But at the end of the day, she ended up in the small town as a vet technician. That's what I mean. None of it makes sense. Make it make sense. Either she's just super villain that's super smart and super capable of like doc ock style like nuclear plant shit or she's mm-hmm. just this low humble like mammy type that doesn't know any better that doesn't know anything and ah so frustrating and then when she's waiting outside the school like against the fence and she can hear them from like miles away <laughs> <laughs> she crystal clear <laughs> she's just smiling against the fence like mm, yeah they like it mm. 
I'm like, girl, they are yards away. How are you hearing all this? Are you a superhero? Like, I just I, wanted, like, I, I don't know. I, I was still trying to, like, give it a chance. Like, it's going to come back. It's going to surprise us, you know? It's going to be like, whoa. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great like, gift. It made for a great gift, though, online. It's my favorite gift to use. Sue Ann just against the wall, like, mm. Mm-hmm. I like the one when she's walking somewhere, like she's on a mission. Oh yeah, she's, yeah. she's running. Oh my god, this movie, and we're not even, well, it's only the second par- third paragraph. <laughs> um, so this is, and this gets me too, she lies and tells them that she has pancreatic cancer, which is like, what a lie. But, but, but also I guess it makes sense because there's so much happening here. So technically Sue Ann also has Munchild syndrome. Because she's convincing her daughter that she's very sick, which we, we don't really believe her daughter's sick because <laughs> what we're getting to that. It's coming up in the paragraph because I we're gonna get into that. Let me let me pause. Um, and that is why she acts the way she does. And she is talk as she is talking, Haley notices that she's wearing a, bla- a bracelet that belongs to a friend of theirs. The girls suspect that Sue Ann has been stealing their jewelry, so they go to her house to investigate. Mm-hmm. They are surprised by Jeannie, Sue Ann's daughter from a failed marriage, who Maggie thought used a wheelchair, but is clearly able-bodied, and she warns them that Sue Ann is arriving home. So let's talk about Jeannie, because we're finally here. The thing is with Jeannie, like, I I really didn't think that she was that sick, you know? It was just like, She's it not, just kept adding yeah. up. And then on top of that, it's just like, you were tormented in high school, why are you tormenting your daughter? Exactly. You would think like, she would, because of the torment, want to lead a better life. Right. For her daughter. Yeah, like, you know what it's like. Like, I was, I would at least think that you would want to make sure that your daughter, like, has, like, the top-notch clothes, that she always looks on point, that she's hanging out. Right, and the opposite, right, so that she could be. So Mm -hmm. that would make more sense to me, because at this point, I was like, this Jeannie character doesn't make sense. We meet her, and we first meet her in the hallway with Maggie, and she helps her out because her wheelchair um, ran low on gas or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um... And then we see her walking and it's like, okay, so clearly there's some one-child syndrome going on here because Sue Ann says, oh no, you're very sick and, and you got to take your medicine. And it really, Sue Ann's just hopping her up, I think, with like tranquilizers to keep her quiet and, and elusive so she doesn't walk, which doesn't make sense. Either she's, is she a pedophile? Is she a rape victim? Mm-hmm. Is she a one-child syndrome crazy person? Like, pick a struggle. Yeah. Like, just, that just made much. no sense to me. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what's her reasoning and she's just crazy all around she has everything anything Mm -hmm. everything every she's a serial killer but so for me the character of Jeannie doesn't work at all she does no service until the end she's only there to save Maggie which is a problematic oh my god yeah well I I have such a problem with that but okay we'll 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 get to that so problematic so my I like your idea of like Either, okay, either Ma has no children, which makes more sense to me. You're a recluse after this horrible thing happens and you're in your home and you be years of spending yourself alone as this mm-hmm. like cat lady who doesn't actually have cats. She just has a lot of cat sculptures, but no cats. Um, you you and then take out all of this weirdness on people. That makes sense. But to have a daughter, I'm just like, you know, you do the opposite. Then your daughter's always you have to be on a diet. Your hair has to be great. You have to be perfect. Your teeth, mm-hmm. smile. And then when your daughter is so popular, that attracts all the other kids to come over. That makes more sense to me. That is okay. a much stronger story to tell rather than her having this kid like that she's just perpetually keeping sick and this husband that is never mentioned again. I'm like, why doesn't she just kill the daughter? 
if she's this much trouble. Right. <laughs> so Jeannie doesn't make sense, but she, the only uh, avenue that Jeannie has is in the end when, and we'll get there and, and we'll tell you why that's problematic. Um, so Ben shows up at Sue Ann's job to drop off his cat and invite her out for drinks after work. Um, and this seems really harmless. You're like, oh my God, Ben has changed. Ben has grown. You're like, oh my God, this is great. He's dating a terrible, terrible woman, but he's, he's oh, this is sweet. Mm-hmm. But of course, Sue Ann goes home to change and meets him at the bar. And when Ben, ben confronts Sue Ann with a tracking device to ask why her son has been to his ha- uh, her house so much. I did have a, a friend in high school and her parents did put a tracking device under her car. Mm-hmm. Cause she was, you know, she was a bad kid. Um, so that I could totally, totally believe, but I'm kind of like, so why aren't you talking to your son? Exactly. Just ask him. Just ask. But once him. again, you know, Ben is a terrible person, but he's a terrible know. person. Um, seems like he really cares about, he's really up his son's asshole, but, um, but his son has like no rules or I'm like, if your son <laughs> is leaving and you see that ground his ass. <laughs> yeah. He keeps getting allowed to go out. Yeah, just keep giving him the keys. Like, that's your van. Exactly. Like, why are you why are you so mad at her? He's the one that's taking the van. Oh my gosh, there's so much wrong with this. Anyway, Ben warned Sue Ann to stay away from Andy, calling her pathetic. He's not wrong. So I'm sorry. Wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, it's something weird. Like, I I look. I did grow up in a town where when your p- friend's parents like are hanging out with you, you're always like, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Like the moms that shop at Abercrombie, you know, and they think they're still, or the moms that shop at H&M get me all the time. I'm like, go away. You are a mother. Stop trying to be your kid's friend. You're their mother. It's just frustrating. Uh, it is pathetic. Sorry to all you moms out there. Uh, that's sad. Don't do that. Um, a flashback reveals that Sue Ann, who had a crush on Ben in high school, performed fellatio on him. See, and this is, Wiki, this is wrong. She was raped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, it's not performed fellatio. It wasn't him. Um, yeah. Once she left the closet, it turned out she'd been doing it to another boy and been tricked her. That, that is a rape. When yeah. you, like, I know people are like, well, how is that a rape? He didn't force her. It wasn't him. She mm-hmm. went in the closet thinking it was Ben. It was someone else. That was not consensual. That is a rape. Right. Um, so the fact that the movie, I mean, they don't treat it like it's, it's no big deal, but the fact mm-hmm. that they don't chalk it up to you have been raped really bothers me. Like mm-hmm. she was sexually really, assaulted. Yeah. And she never recovered clearly. You never know? recovered. Never. Right. And clearly she didn't get any, which is typical of small towns, any counseling or anything for mm-hmm. it. Like that's traumatizing. She has every right to do what she did, but why wait 25 plus years right. <laughs> is like, True. You could have, like, that's why I would rather see this movie take place in the 80s, like maybe a week after the rape. I'd rather see little uh, Sue Ann get her revenge on the mm-hmm. kids who actually did waited, it. Yeah, she waited like 20 years. Like, to go after their children. I'm like, but why? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, suspension of belief, I guess, is what we'll, we'll call it. Um, so Ben had gotten the entire school to witness an event, including his current girlfriend, Mercedes, and young Erica. Um, so Erica obviously is Maggie's mom, mm-hmm. and, and Erica witnessed this and didn't stop it, I mean, or anything. And she is very much culpable in this. They kind of skate over that at the end. Like, but Erica, yeah, you, all of you who witnessed this are totally at fault, mm-hmm. which is why I don't get 
why <laughs> Suan didn't just murk all these people in the 80s. <laughs> she should've, she should've. Or guaranteed, they, they had to have had like a 10 year reunion. Like, Oh them- yeah, oh man. You know? Damn, Zena, that, you just pitched the best idea. They, I'm telling you, we should have been in that room. 10 year <laughs> reunion, 10 year reunion, and Ma goes crazy mm-hmm. and, and locks you guys in the, in the <laughs> high school, Carrie style. No, Carrie style, she locks yes. up the school and takes her revenge. That I would much, much rather have seen. <laughs> Blumhouse, hire us. <laughs> and Sue Ann suffered devastating humiliation, which she never recovered from. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. She's, yep. she's a, a victim of a sexual assault. Um, God, this film. Anyway, and increasingly unstable, Sue Ann runs over Mercedes with her truck killing her. I mean, I'm if sorry. anyone... <laughs> Go ahead. So I much kind of screamed when I saw that. Like, it was just like, I mean, because she's just driving along. She didn't even give the lady a chance. She just jerked the wheel. And you just hear this loud, outrageous sound. And it's just like, man, like, it's kind of like what you said. What triggered that? You were just that upset from, from Ben's conversation? And go after Ben, you know? Well, when she mutters something later on when um, uh, Erica confronts her in the liquor store, which I assume she's, she's buying liquor for the next party, which is so funny to me. Just like, how did you know she was at the, like, this town is that small? There's only four places for people to be, the vet or the liquor store or the bar or Ma's house. Like, <laughs> because Erica just knows she's at the liquor store. Like there's mm. no, ah. and, but she does, when, when Ma is confronted, she runs out the liquor store and is like, to think I killed uh, uh, Mercedes for you. I'm like, I guess because Ma did see Mercedes like uh, yeah. relate to her in the casino, which again, it's also like the casino. <laughs> what is this town? They don't have a lot of places. They ain't got a lot of places to go, but there is a casino in you this stay town. home. Like, I would just be home. It's nice. Home. <laughs> the casino. I'm sorry. It's, it's just all the places that it never amounts and that's the thing too it never amounts to anything why does erica work in a casino like i i guess it's just so she can be working late nights that gives maggie a chance to leave the house but like erica could do a number of other jobs that doesn't have to be casino because the casino Mm -hmm. never pays off it never does right um and the fact that erica takes a work trip with her coworker Stu to to be a black child. What was that? I mean, like, is, she, is that where the money is? And I'm thinking, what made her even go back home? Like, do you are you not paying for that house? Is that your family's house? Like, you don't have to pay rent. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, yeah, they moved from California to go back to Ohio. Obviously, the cost of living is much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and then there's a whole anger conversation. And this is why it gets me so mad because the stakes in this movie are terrible there's no high stakes in this movie for the kids um especially when it comes to moss because maggie yells at her mother like you're you're not here every night like how is that fair to me and i'm just like you little bitch she's like, working get a job she would get a job that's what that's what i would do if she was my daughter she would not be hanging out in dirty vans in the middle of the night like you're gonna no. get a part-time job then so you have something to do like, like, obviously, if you're working at a casino, the tips are better at night because people are there at night. Mm-hmm. Although, what kind of tips are you getting at an Ohio casino? It's not Vegas. Right. I mean, they can't be popping Monday through Friday. So I'm and, like, does your mom just work the weekends? Right. And then it's like, why, again, I don't get why the mother would decide to go back to that town. Right. Like, you know what it's about. You know, like, I just don't understand. Like, even with what happened, you know, with Sue, with Sue Ann, but it's just kind of like, outside of that because she knew what she did you know yeah even outside of that it's just kind of like you know that there's nothing there 
Why would you want your daughter to to even go through that? Like, no, because she might end up a pregnant teen mom, you know? So. Mercedes no. does Mercedes when they're in casino and she's super drunk. She's like, weren't you going to go to California and like make it? And then, you know, <laughs> so clearly she went to California uh, with the dream of being either an actress or a singer or something like that. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. So then she hightailed it back after she got divorced. But your kid's 16 at this mm-hmm. time. It's just like, so you don't go back at 16. You go back when she's five. Yeah, exactly. Like, that makes sense. But in, at 16, it's like, you stick it out for two years, she's going to college. Mm-hmm. Like, Just hang on there. You know, you're going to some change. Guarantee, you know, he's going to have to to pay some type of monthly alimony. Right. Go. So, yeah, you like you said, stick it out. Stick it out. You, maybe you, maybe if you live in LA, you move to the Valley. You live where I live. You move to Burbank. You move to uh, uh, Encino. I don't know. But you don't go back like with a 16 year old that costs more than actually just moving to like Chinatown. So none of this makes sense. Um, Sue Ann says she killed Mercedes for Erica because she was so mean to her um, at the casino. But I don't believe that. I believe, you know, Mercedes is a bitch. She deserves to die. She's the only satisfying death. She's the only death we see on screen. As we mentioned before, Allison Jennings' death is not on screen, but we see her in a dog cage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we wanted to see that. We like, wanted to see that because she was so mean. It's just she like... Was. I would never work with somebody like that. That's just like... That right. Was it, it, it just appears to me like Sue Ann hasn't grown... Her life hasn't changed that much in the sense that her boss is mean to her. People are still mean to her. And she doesn't mm-hmm. stick up for herself. But she's on the low, a super sleuth, and, and, and piecing together all the stuff and killing people. I'm just like, it, none, of, none of this tracks. None of this makes sense to me. But... <sighs> Anyway, we're almost done with the plot. Sum up. Oh my God, you guys, bear with us here. It's a lot to, to discuss in this movie. It is. Even though not a lot happens. Um, so anyway, she kills her. She kills her boss. She draws blood from Maggie's dog, Louie, and lures Ben to her house where she knocks him out. So she takes the tracker from Andy's car and she takes it to her house and Ben finally shows up there and is like, where's my son? I know he's here. And then she knocks him out with um tranquilizer from the vet place ben wakes up trapped in her bed <laughs> ben is fine ben could be trapped in my bed anytime any place um i thought at first i was like take your revenge girl like i was like yes he's naked I mean, that's like, what i thought that she was gonna at least do something i mean but she's hitting on teenagers and stuff and you finally have ben so finally have ben in the bed and they don't uh, take it there they don't take it there. She pumps Louis's blood into his body and slashes his wrist, leaving him to die, which is it's just like, either you're pumping my body full of blood and I die this horrible, weird, like, dog death, or you're slitting my wrist to make it look like I killed myself. But I don't know. Like, what's the point of this? What is the point of this and all? What was her plan? Like, <laughs> you just have a dead body. What are you going to do with his body at this point? There's blood yeah. everywhere. Like... He has a son who has no mother, and you just orphaned his son. Like, Andy's an orphan now, and he has no, clearly he has no cousins or anything to buy booze from. So it's just him. Um, So you've orphaned him. Great. And so what are you going to say? Like, it's a small town. Someone's going to notice Ben is gone, and they're going to look at you. His whole business is still there. Like, she, she didn't think about that. She didn't think. She's not thinking at this point. She's just like, F it. Um, so she slits his wrist, leaves him to die. And it's so unsatisfactory because Ben deserves such a bigger, like Mercedes got a bigger death than Ben, but he really deserved like 
the torture of all tortures where like I'm like thinking of the audition Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I wish we had, like, I, that's why, I mean, like, I wish Ma just would have went there. Look, Blumhouse, I get it. PG-13, $5 million uh, budget, that is your cup of tea. But if you're gonna go there with a movie like this and an actress like Octavia Spencer who can take you there, make mm -hmm. it R. Give it to us. Really go there. Let her torture his ass for, like, hours on end. Like, this is her final, this is her, her um, precipice. This is her climax. 20 years of, of anger and, and, mm -hmm. and and frustration from being tricked and all she does is slit his wrist and pump him with some dog blood like right. look if you haven't been planning this for 20 years you got to come up with something better than that something better okay um so it's not it's unsatisfactory it's just it's a letdown it's underwhelming unfortunately and um i know we sound like crazy women like what more do you want like we wanted more <laughs> we want so much more um so at the same time, Maggie tells her mother the truth about Sue Ann and is grounded, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally, Erica was, her mom was being too like, oh, it's okay, honey, you go out there. I know you want to fit in. I'm not, not like all, I'm not like, the, she's like, I'm not like those other moms. I'm a cool mom. Yeah, pretty much. And then finally, she she's like really yelling at her daughter. I'm like, finally, please tell her she's not going nowhere. Like when, when, um, Erica comes home one night and, and, and Andy's at the house, I was like, girl, she bought, I was, when I watched her, I was like, he bought you your ass kicked, he bought you mm -hmm. your ass kicked his, cause Erica goes, there's a boy in my house. And then, then nothing. Then she sits down and talks to him. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, no, not in my black ass house. No, <laughs> I could never. Like my mom would have, man, I would have been grounded from that point. Like you just going to have a man in my house or a kid in my house when I'm not home. Yo, you ain't going nowhere until graduation. So all of this is just very, that was very, you're right. Erica's a very frustrating mom because I'm just like, do something. Mm -hmm. Ground her, beat her ass, something. But she finally gets grounded. She's like, you're going to come with me in the morning. I got errands to run, 8 a.m. I was like, errands? What? <laughs> 8 a.m. is not even that early. Not even that early, right. Like if, if you, listen, if you didn't grow up in a household that had you cleaning to um, Gladys Knight at 5 a.m. on Saturdays, then I don't know what to tell you, baby, but that's what my punishment would have been. 5 a.m., uh, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips would have woke me up and we would have been cleaning until the sun went down again. So <laughs> Maggie has a damn good life. Um, <laughs> um, so she tells her mom about Sue Ann. And, oh, this is the part. So Sue Ann, before all this, we missed it, but Sue Ann actually shows up to Maggie's house to talk to Erica and she's like oh my god we went to school together and they pretend like they don't know each other mm -hmm. um and uh, I think that's that's the point where Sue Ann you know she claims to be checking on Louie but it was really just so she can get Louie's blood so right. she at least thought it through that much like I can't just go in the backyard and take a dog's blood I've got to like be have a reason to be here so I'm gonna mm -hmm. introduce myself and <sighs> I'm exhausted anyway Sue Ann sends Maggie a picture of herself with Andy in the basement at Chaz's birthday party um, because Haley and, and the gang have decided it's Chaz's birthday. So even though this lady is weird and we've all blocked her, one last party and <laughs> at her house. Mm -hmm. ay ay um, Hurt that he went back to her house despite promising he would not go back. <laughs> Oh my God, Maggie, you're so exhausting. She sneaks out of the house to confront him. Why not just call or text? Girl, I'm saying, first of all, how did Maggie get there? She took her mom's keys to her car. Oh, that's right, Maggie. Lights on. And, you know, my thing is, it's like, 
clearly Maggie wanted some problems because at that point she knew that Ma was crazy, but she still decided to go over there. And it's just like, all right, well, clearly you want an issue. So the mo yeah, the motivation, the motivation looks really like Maggie's a crazy girlfriend at this point because it's mm -hmm. not like Ma sent her a picture of Andy locked up. She sent a photo of them having a good time. Yeah. So at that point, it's just like, oh word, I'm gonna be a toxic girlfriend. I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna go cause a scene rather than I'm gonna call you and I'm gonna yell at you and I'm mm -hmm. gonna curse you and block your stuff. So it the motivation is wrong there. It is right. a much stronger motivation if Ma sends a photo of the whole gang chained up which they eventually do. Right. The Maggie's like, oh my God, I gotta go save him. But even with but, that, call the cops, girl. Go to the cops. You don't right. <laughs> even with that, it's just like, oh my gosh, this whole thing. The motivation sucks for mm -hmm. her to get back into Ma's house. Um, so, so let me, I lost my train. Uh, where are we? We're almost there. We're at the like, last two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so when she arrives, she notices that everyone has left and only the original group remains never it's never said why they have left maybe it's 3 a.m maybe it's 4 a.m and the kids gotta get home i don't know mm -hmm. but everyone goes except for the gang she tries to get andy to leave but soon realizes that andy and the rest of the friends have been drugged oh no maggie tries to get help and in the process finds ben's body which is still there mm -hmm. just rotting along stinking up the place it, it sue ann wants to get caught at this point like it's just no turning back yeah, like, obviously you just want to get caught like mm -hmm. you don't care anymore at this point it's fine um and we don't care at this point in the movie no. i think at this point in the movie i think i was sitting in the theater just like you know what i'm it it's already the third act let me just finish it i don't even care mm -hmm. like whatever let's just go just gotta get through it let's just get through this um and she stands there in horror sue ann renders her unconscious so sue ann knocks maggie out cool chains and her up. chains her up by the neck um which, by the way, I, I don't believe Sue Ann had these items in her basement. So she actually had to go to Home Depot, the local, the local depot store. And no one was like, yo, why is this bitch buying chains? And <laughs> but she probably took it from her job. Because they look like oh, they the look chains? like leashes. Yeah, and stuff. Uh, oh, you're right, you're right. The collars and stuff. Mm -hmm. Poor vet. And no one's found the vet's body yet. There's no other person that, that works in that vet off except for Sue Ann and, and, and Dr. Brooks, apparently. Um, and apparently no one's dog or cat or bird <laughs> is sick. So. Right, like, I got to pick up my dog. Like, what's going on? There's so much wrong with this movie. Um, <laughs> so Maggie awakens, and she's changing the basement. Uh, and Sue Ann... Okay, so this is where it's the third act. We're wrapping up the movie. We're at the, our characters at their their pit, you know, their bottom. It's very third act. Like, mm -hmm. where do we go from here? We can only go up from here. Um, so now Sue Ann has taken upon herself to torture the kids in different ways, and let's talk about those ways. She decides she wants to iron Chaz's stomach. I I'm so confused about this one. I maybe because he's see here's the thing about Chaz if he was like this perfect like Adonis with the physique and she was ruining his physique because you know vanity it's like the seven deadly sins things um I would get that but to iron his stomach I'm like iron his face the fuck like <laughs> I mean it's like take it that step further just his go there face. yeah just go there like iron the face like if you wanted to make people ugly um as the ugliest that lives inside them i get that so iron his face so he always has something to remember you by because mm -hmm. like he could wear a shirt and like whatever that that burn is gonna eventually heal mm -hmm. oh my gosh and then 
she sews Haley's mouth shut, which is the strongest because Haley yeah. talks. That's the strongest thing. It, it's the most. <laughs> I think she she should have made that a little bit more tighter. You know that that stitching. You know, because it was still very loose. She could have just went like that. It would have been painful, yeah. but just to take it off. But yeah, that one was was the strongest one. Like, that takes a lot of precision, though. I'm just thinking of my big lips, and I'm like, yo, oof. But she's used to it. That's she true. At, she she, she works with that at, at a vet, so so it's like you know she's used to these like like really just getting in there. So yeah, this is true. But that's what, that was the strongest torture. Um, <laughs> this next one, you guys, I I will never stop laughing. I scream. <laughs> she paints Darrell's face white with industrial paints and because and this is it she feels there is only room for one black person in the group mm -hmm. and that is her let me let me take a sip of water before we get into this <laughs> it's like you know i, I would understand i get it where where they were trying to go like oh it he could just wash his face off this boy <laughs> it's has an iron stain. This girl's lips is, you know, sewn shut. And it's like, throughout the movie, it always seemed like she was very uncomfortable with being Black. I don't know if you remember when yeah, Rel sure. made a joke. Yeah, and she's just kind of like, just sitting there and it's just like, okay, you must be like really uncomfortable like with your Blackness or something. I don't know. For sure. That. Because so, it's, look, 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 it, it's assimilating, right? Look, this is why this film had so much potential to go there. Mm -hmm. You're in, Ohio, I'm from Michigan and I, I growing up struggled with my identity, not with being Black, but with expressing how much Blackness mm -hmm. I could express because I lived in a white ass town. Mm -hmm. I went to a white ass high school, okay? A lot of my friends are to this day and still uh, mm -hmm. were back then caucasian because i grew up with them my entire life so mm -hmm. it's just like the hair i remember going into tanning salons with my friends and i couldn't i'm just sitting in the waiting room and they're just like aren't you coming in? what the fuck am i gonna do in there yeah. with you? Yeah. like so i yeah of course she's ashamed of her skin color especially yeah. being a dark-skinned black woman mm -hmm. surrounded by all these white people mm -hmm. so, and you know it's it's like you, you feel sorry for her you know up until that point because even with the with the kids who were like tormenting her, even though I know they weren't like carrying like or wearing like a KKK outfit all suited right. up, but it's like it. I still feel like it had something to do with her being black because of course it then. did. Of so course it did. Why would you even do that? Even though you're just painting his face, why would you even do that with to him? You know? What? Yeah. Of all the torture things to do to paint him white because there's only mm -hmm. room for one of us. There's first of all, there's room for none of you. Clearly. Uh, Darrell's just an outcast uh, outsider in this group, as you are. He's yeah. he's one dimensional. He has no layers. We learn nothing right. about his family, nothing about his parents, nothing about who he is as a character. It's not like he talks a lot like Haley, or he's a smooth, mm -hmm. funny person like Chaz. He's just there. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the only thing she gives him is she feels his arms and says, "Oh, milk does the body good." So, I mean, like maybe drowning him in milk would have been interesting to that uh, a call awesome. back. Yeah, like yeah. to just sink, put his face in a, a, a bowl of milk or something and let him drown. Give me something else because I, and this is why, like, Scotty, obviously you're white, obviously. Uh, Tate, you're white. Uh, the last thing I'm going to do, I'm just letting you know, the last thing I'm going to do as a black person is hurt another black person. Like, who, especially, like, we're, there's no proof that Darrell's parents were in on, like, the, the thing that happened, the sexual assault. There's right. nothing to, to, to warrant mm -hmm. him being a part of this group. It's very clear that, like, Haley and, and Mercedes 
I'm sorry, and Maggie, um, that their parents were from that high school, but we never see like Darrell's parents even being mentioned of maybe mm-hmm. being a part of this. There's no reason for him to warrant this at all, uh, the, the face painting white. So at the end of the day, um, if his torture had to be anything, let it be the milk. <laughs> <laughs> there's only room for one of us this is yeah. such a stupid stupid thing um it's frustrating me as i'm talking about it i really want to know what the conversation was like in the room like yeah they're gonna paint their face white because black people hate other black people and there can only be one of them and of course the, she's gonna just take paint yeah no <laughs> so confused man um so then but, but uh, anyway andy awakens and tries to seduce Suhan. <laughs> I, really like I said, at this point, it's just like, it, it is what it is. He's doing his best, you know? He goes, Ma? <laughs> oh, what's going on, Ma? <laughs> and, like, yeah, that's, us. Like, and Andy's not hot. Like, you're not seducing me, kid. <laughs> like, whatever. I guess Suhan likes it, just like his daddy, just like your daddy, um, which is not true. You look nothing like your daddy. Um, he is aware that she's in love with him. I guess now he is, even though Maggie's been telling him for the whole movie, like she, something's wrong with her and he's rebuffed it. Like now he's like, Oh, I know my power I have over her. Okay. He tries to trick her by telling her that he loves her and he kisses her (laughs) and she stabs him. (laughs) So she knows he's lying because who could ever, you know, love Sue Ann, I guess. Um, she stabs him right in the belly. I'm just like, okay that punishment is the worst like that's the close we get to being like all right instead of stabbing all of them which i think would have been a much stronger choice mm-hmm. um she just stabs him um and she ends up hanging maggie which maggie gets the worst of it like she's literally hung from the rafters and is like slowly dying yeah um why maggie gets the worst of it I'm not sure but she does um, an officer arrives and Maggie screams for help. Shuan shoots the officer dead before he can react. That there's really nothing to say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at this point, she's going down. And at this point, she's going down. What's weird is is that with Jeannie, Jeannie interferes. Like it's like it seemed like she just, you know, oh mom, you know, mom, is there something wrong? You know, she comes out and stuff like that. And you know, before um Suan kills the officer, you know. Yeah, Jeannie just rolls in, and the officer assumes, oh, that noise I heard is is just from Jeannie. My bad. Um, I didn't know. Um, Again, this officer knows Ben. This officer said he went to school with Ben. Why? And he knows who Sue Ann clearly, so he knows she has a daughter, right? Or no, because he goes, who else is in here with you, Sue Ann? And he looks surprised to see that she has a daughter. I'm like, is it a secret? Did you just, (laughs) were you just pregnant for nine months and gave birth in your home and no one in the town knew? Like, how do they not know that this is your daughter? First of all, she went to the high school. See, this doesn't make sense to me when we talk about Jeannie. Why even put her in school? Why not homeschool her? Because what? there's like three black kids mm-hmm. in the school. So Darrell's not your son. And obviously the maybe is one other black kid, but we're going to figure out your last name is whatever. What is, what is the last name again? Ellington. <laughs> oh, Ellington. Mm-hmm. Ellington. So, <laughs> so your name is really going to be... Um, What's her first name? Why am I missing this? Who are we talking about? <laughs> so, Sue Ann? Uh, no, the, the, the daughter. Oh, Jeannie. Jeannie. Jeannie Ellington. We're really not going to piece that together, that mm-hmm. your mom is Sue Ann. So when the officer acts surprised to see her, I'm just like, none of this makes sense. You all went to high school with each other. Mm-hmm. 
like I get why Sue Ann shot him. Like there she was A, she was gonna get caught, but B, he was probably one of those kids. See, and here's the thing. Was he the kid from the closet? I I thought about that, but they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. That to me would have been a stronger motivation. Like had I written this, I would have let the officer come in the basement and see everything and shot him there. Mm-hmm. Because if you're and, and I would have made him the kid from the closet, because that is really the person I really also exactly. go after him. Go after him. This whole idea of he hears Maggie screaming and then she shoots. I'm like, no, no, that's just too easy. Like, mm-hmm. if this is really a revenge story, I would I would let him go to the basement and then see all the things that I've done and then popped his ass. Like, And I do think that it could have been more, like you said, like a Carrie story where everybody gets it. Because honestly, I know that it's a small town, so everybody knew what happened. So Everyone I knows what happened, yeah. Yeah, she should have punished everybody. She should have punished everyone. The town kept the secret. The town did nothing to protect her. You're assuming the teachers did nothing to protect mm-hmm. her because of racism. Or they didn't believe her or whatever because woman. But everyone should have got it. But it should have happened, like you said, at, at a reunion. It's just something right. where they were all come together. Um, so this, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And I'm, I'm really shocked to find out that they didn't figure this out pre-reading the script that it doesn't work Mm -hmm. i'm not quite sure why it wasn't more developmental meeting like you said this is three or four revisions off you and i are sitting here coming up with much better alternatives Mm -hmm. we're we're no executives we're no like (laughs) we're we're writers we're horror fans sometimes i really feel like the people making horror films are not horror fans i really would be curious to know if tate taylor uh is a horror fan scotty his only credits are comedies um which is why the the script has such a humor to it are you guys even horror fans? Do you even know what it is and what, what your audience wants out of their stories? Because you're clearly you don't because you're missing some really great elements here that we're already pitching um, that would have made your story stronger. Uh, it's really frustrating. So anyway, she, she, she shoots the, the cop dead. She gathers the four friends around the couch with her and makes Maggie takes photo, uh, photos of them together in a crude reaction of what Sue Ann always longed for but never had which I guess was just being popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Sue Ann then leaves Maggie to be hanged before Jeannie intervenes. And remember, Jeannie can walk. Yep. Jeannie strolled up on the officer in her wheelchair, but she walks down the stairs. <laughs> like hitting her mom. <laughs> right, like, why are you even using this wheelchair in your house? <laughs> like, you, your mom knows you can walk. You know you can walk. What's the point? Probably no mom's <laughs> idea. Right. I don't, it's just so frustrating. Um, um, uh, everyone wakes up to discover what Sue Ann has done to them, but barely have time to react because, you know, there's so many candles being lit that, which we don't know why. It's just, I guess to set the mood, right? And Justin Timberlake said, let me set the mood, right? And they knock one of the candles and the house is burning down. There's a fire. There's a fire. <laughs> and they need to find a way out. They can't go to the stairwell. Um, I re- when I rewatched it last night, it's, oh, because the stairwell is blocked by fire. Because a part of me was like, why don't they just run Yes, upstairs? I was thinking that too. <laughs> but it's on fire. And then the, the, the door is locked behind them. Uh, the, the cellar way, the only other way out is locked with the, like a little stick. So they can't get out. Um, Erica, knowing where Maggie would be, calls her co-worker Stu for help to save the teenagers, which doesn't make sense to me because mm-hmm. it is 2019. Ohio again. Ohio, you guys, <laughs> as much as we're laughing, it's not a desitant like rural area. There is Uber. 
They have cabs. They have buses. There's no reason for, especially if Eric, okay, imagine you wake up and your daughter's gone. And you're just like, oh, this is so frustrating. She took my car. I'm going to wait here for 40 minutes until my coworker can come and take me. If you don't call an Uber and get your right. ass, like, or call the cab, whatever, you have to get there as quick as you can, right? Like, you would have just imagined Erica sitting in her couch waiting for her coworker, Sue, to come to pick her up for a free ride. There's no point to this. There's just no mm-hmm. point. So, anyway, Erica comes. Uh, with Sue and they uh, see that the, the the house is on fire and they run and they open up the gate and Sue Ann attempts to throw Jeannie into the fire blaming Erica for not stopping Ben for pulling the prank from school um again why are you hurting <laughs> your daughter she has nothing to do with this they just they just have to fight and the thing that was frustrating you know like it, it was supposed to be that dramatic type of moment and it's like I really did like I felt bad for Sue um Sue Ann at first when she was like crying and yelling at Erica that she should have did something and you know Erica saying yeah I should have did something back but it's just like that's exactly why you should have killed her and I'm not saying that I would have done something like that but it was just kind of like like you said she's attacking her daughter trying to take her daughter you know back into the fire with her and you know I just, it was just like a met, it's like, it could have been like one of those like chilling moments, but it wasn't. It, as the viewers, exactly. you just wanted it to end. You just exactly. wanted your life back. Here's the thing. I'm, I, it's a $5 million movie. You somehow, somehow convinced Oscar award nominated Octavia Spencer, Juliette Lewis, and Allison Jennings, which by the way, they don't have a scene all together, which is an injustice um, for all of us. But mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer and Juliet Lewis, this is only their third scene together in the movie, and it's, it's such a climax scene. That's why I would rather the revenge story be against the parents. And mm-hmm. I get it. It's kind of like the Nightmare on Elm Street thing, where obviously Freddie goes to attack the children um, of the parents because, you know, that's, well, to be fair, Freddie was also technically a child molester. So um, he attacks the kids. Uh, rather than the parents because he's affinity for children first of all um mm-hmm. so it doesn't really make sense here why ma would do that because it's like juliet lewis is right there erica is right there in front of you why are you throwing throw her into the fire like right. what so it is just is such a waste opportunity because we really could have had a movie where all these heavy actors luke evans and juliet lewis allison jennings um could have came together and had some really powerful scenes about the, this horrible thing that they did to sue Ann. also really quick uh, note we forgot to mention the officer who who uh play in the film is actually the director tate taylor he yeah. you know, i told you before he started his career as an actor so there's that um but yeah it's just it's just unfortunate that it's just like ma is hurting everyone else but the people sh- should be hurting it's so frustrating never understood that and um so let's go back to Jeannie real quick because this is the only reason why this character exists is to save maggie uh that's it and this is really really frustrating because Jeannie, to me uh shouldn't exist she just shouldn't exist it's much stronger to have sue ann by herself because it doesn't make sense when she has this kid in in the school that everyone doesn't know is her child and it's just it's just like it's a plot hole to me but then you realize oh well we need someone to save maggie again Look, this is a trope as a tale as old as time. Black characters in horror films have solely existed to either lift up the uh, main white protagonists um, or to save them. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talk about this in our Scream 2 episode uh, where um, Sydney goes to college and she has her best friend and and her best friend ends up being just uh, there to kind of 
guide Sydney through college, you encourage her, you got this girl, like, let's go to parties, let's do that. Um, and nothing comes from it except for her death. <laughs> um, so the whole idea that Jeannie only exists so she, we can have someone to save Maggie in the end is so played out and it's so annoying. Absolutely. And, uh, would you, would you, you said you had something about that earlier, Zena. So I was just going to say, like, I do agree with you. I just don't see what the point, you know, honestly, is of the character, Jeannie, you know? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it's like, she, I understand that, you know, her mom, that Sue Ann wasn't that nice to Jeannie, but that's still your mom. Yes. She literally chose a stranger over her mom. She, she runs into ran, Erica's yes. arms. <laughs> ran into her arms, crying screaming you and know Erica's looking like, at her like girl um my daughter is over there exactly like they never met before and it's just like she just knew that she didn't want to be with her mother and then I guess maybe it, it, it goes back to you know with Sue Ann like again I think that she had a problem with her blackness and maybe honestly I know that was her mom it seemed like Jeannie had a problem with that too because going back to Sue Ann when she was a kid I don't know if you remember but she the way she was talking about Ben's skin and his hair and it's just like mm -hmm. You know, it was it, all these things, and it's just like, yeah, you you have issues. You and you, you can totally see. Child. You can totally see if Sue Ann's looking at her child. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, I don't believe that that uh, this kid is sick. I don't believe. Um, I believe Jeannie is uh, a victim of Munchild syndrome. So that's why it, you can see. You could, if Jeannie really was sick, you could kind of understand why Ma has such a hatred for her. Like, oh my God, like this child is everything that I remember myself being weak and ugly and whatever. And this, this hair, first of all, let's take a moment and talk about this hair. <laughs> it was like a mushroom cut. I, what? Why? Why? I'm not saying she has to wear weaves. I'm not saying that, but y'all do braids exist. Like, <laughs> why are we doing this mushroom cut? So she looks was, literally just like her mother from the eighties. It was an eighties cut. That's what the problem is. I'm so mad. Like, and, and this perm, I'm like, why can't she just wear her natural hair? This is the things I'm talking about where you need black people behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. There's no reason in this God's green earth that Jeannie had to have this mushroom slick back perm. No reason at all. Knowing damn well she's already like apparently sick and in a wheelchair, life is mm -hmm. going to be hard for her. Let my baby have her curls, let her have her Afro puff, whatever it had to be. That, but it, definitely to your point, Zena, it's just like you hate your blackness so much and your child's blackness that you, you're going to have to just give her this mushroom cut because you're trying to make her hair look like what? Like Maggie's hair? Like Haley's hair? It's never going to be Maggie's hair. It's never going to be Haley's hair. So I think we both agree the character of Jeannie is, is, is just wasteful here. It's really no point for her to exist except to save Maggie at the end, which is quite frustrating. Um, so not only does Jeannie run into the arms of Erica, <laughs> Um, Maggie ends up stabbing Sue Ann to save Jeannie and the group goes outside and asks what, ha what, was, what had happened? <laughs> Sue Ann watches them, particularly Andy who survived the stabbing and is now laying down next to Maggie. Sue Ann walks upstairs. As, just to paint the picture, if you guys haven't seen it, the, the house is on fire, okay? Everyone made it outside safe and instead of going outside with them um, after being stabbed, Sue Ann walks up the stairs, which, uh, which is really weird because we talked about why they didn't just run to the stairs before and we said, oh, it's because the stairs were on fire, but apparently not that on fire because Sue Ann <laughs> is able to walk up the stairs. Oh my gosh, this movie. Um, <laughs> you know what? 
but like I said, it was supposed to be that moment where it's just like, oh yeah, this is real chilling. You see that? She got up and she's walking up the stairs. Like I said, when I was sitting in, in the theater like you, I just wanted my life back. I didn't want to watch this anymore because there was like th that music, you know, and it's like usually like the guy who, um, who, uh, who did the music, he did that movie that I really love, Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, and, Gregory um, Trippy. Yes, and it's just like, what? Like, you know, like just, I would rather it have been just nothing, just like the creaking of the stairs, but that's just me just being petty and nitpicking. But the point no, is- No, no, her, you're right. Dragon Me to Hell had a wonderful score. Wonderful. Amazing. And it's like, just the fact that she was walking up the stairs, she didn't care. It's like, she didn't kill the, kill the guys or anything like that. She wanted to just sacrifice herself and her daughter but then she goes upstairs to Ben's dead body so she can cuddle with it. Right. Like, She's cuddling with her quote-unquote abuser. I mean, we know he technically didn't abuse her, but he is the reason why she was abused. Right. What? And it's like, okay, did... My thing is, to be honest with you, I think that the only thing that can... It can't... You can't save this movie. You can't. But what they can do is they can make a sequel. Hear me out. They can make a sequel... That can huh? either be like a prequel where they're showing what happened to her, you know, mm -hmm. or they're going to have to show, like, she's going to have to move, go to a different town and find some new teenagers to abuse and use. You, you know? think Sus Suzanne survived the fire? I'm hoping that she did because it makes no sense. Why does she, okay, so this means that she would have to be like, you know, that quote unquote Manny, but then also she's also going to be like, like the magical Negro that wants to just, you know what I mean? Just, yes just save people or what just let them go free no if that's the case if i'm going to die if i were her if i was her it was like if i'm going to die we're all going to die right no. i'm taking you all down with me i'm exactly. taking the town down with me i'm gonna take i might even take the state that's just <laughs> exactly and, i like I, the idea of suzanne surviving to throw us mm -hmm. off and then she moves to another town and it's just like well yeah, let's, let's start over again right? and then she can have a name like um Maureen and people call me Ma for sure. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> you no. know, Ma homecoming. I don't know. So I mean, it, it makes you think like what what's gonna happen to not only Andy, Andy is now an orphan, but Jeannie's an orphan too. Is Erica gonna take in all the kids? I guess Erica's gonna have to take I don't know about Andy. Andy's gonna have to move. He's gonna have to move away. But with <laughs> with with Jeannie, the way she ran into Erica's arms there's no prying that girl away so she has to stay with her that's how that could be an interesting sequel it's just like the fruit of the sins of the father or whatever and and the sequel to ma is erica and maggie and Jeannie uh living and and Jeannie's like feeling better but now she's got these tendencies or maybe ma's spirit went to Jeannie and uh poltergeist style and is now like living inside genie so she can or or it could be you know finally pa her dad comes <laughs> back <laughs> and he wants to cause trouble no, 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 it's called it's called pa but with the w and it's about the dog's revenge on louis revenge <laughs> louis you know Louis gets his revenge. It's Pa. <laughs> pa. Because that's where she took the it. blood. <laughs> we would have to watch it and we would have to talk about it because we can't, we're already, we're already knee deep. We can't stop. We got to keep going. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry that this movie exists. That, um, I'm so sorry, you guys. We're, we're taking you seriously, I promise. But that's how the movie ends. Uh, and that's it. They literally, um, 
fade out. That's it. We're not going to get, um, usually in standard horror movies, if you guys are not like horror fans, you get the, the last scare. We didn't get any jump, like jump last scare, nothing, but usually there's usually like a, uh, an ending scenes, uh, a closing scene that'll kind of like leave an, op- an unopened answer. Like did she or didn't she? We didn't get any of that here. This is the most unconventional horror film especially from someone like Blumhouse that that is all they do is horror. I don't understand uh, the ending and how we just leave it like that with, with no like Mm -hmm. cliffhanger or anything to make us go, Ooh, like, Ooh, maybe she is alive. Nothing. It's like, you know, I really like Blumhouse and, and I, I, I get, you know, like their budget and what they're doing. Like I totally do. But this movie Unfortunately, it's not a good movie, but at the same time, it is still like a blast to watch. You know, like I said, I keep on going back to those Lifetime movies because they're not very good, but it's just the kind of movie where it's just like, okay, I have to see what's going to happen. I have to like literally yell at the movie. It's a yelling movie. That's what it is. It is a yelling movie. I will say when I saw this movie with my friend EJ and when it, the credits rolled up and we were sitting there, we just laughed. Like, we were just laughing. We were like, oh my God. Um, I don't think that was the intention. It, it seems like this movie was teetering on, they hired a comedic writer, but they teetered on, we want to make this a really serious story. But it's just funny. It was just yeah, funny. It was. And I, well, I have a question for you. Yeah. So which scene like really made you laugh but but it's not you know that it wasn't supposed to be funny oh my god <laughs> you know, there's a lot there's there's one in particular on the rewatch last night i i just i didn't laugh the first time but this time i just bawled there's a scene where um uh ma and maggie are in the basement and um maggie is looking at andy and 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 ma's talking about andy like you know be careful with that one they're a dog they're all dogs like you don't end up pregnant and maggie goes you sound like my mom and she says nothing ma says nothing just stares her and walks off angrily and i died i was like what that part actually it made me laugh at first but then i thought about it like once again you guys have you have you could have expanded on that because what was that why is she what was that She just said nothing. Nothing. I would have went home. I'm sorry. I'm out of here. I gotta go. Right. That's weird. It was. It wasn't even. And that's what I mean. It's just like it's. It's weird. And it's like it's just disturbing. And it's just like, but not in a like, oh man, I'm never gonna look at like black women the same. You know, not like that. It was just kind of like, okay, who like? Because obviously, like we talked about, they all sat in a room. All of them all these people in a room at the same time and you guys talked about this nobody thought hey guys that sounds a little odd you know like were you guys just in a rush you you just didn't care you know so it just cracked me up because it's just a look on octavia's face like like she had just said fuck you and i was like wait what she just said you sound like her mom talking about like i remember seeing that and i was just like what like oh whatever but I think for me, and we kind of, we touched on it earlier, but was the part when, you know, when they received the video from Ma, you know, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Ha ha ha. Right. So, but the thing is, is Maggie was the only one that was like, wait, how does she get out? <laughs> I was in the theater. No, we get this. Then she said, I got a new number. Cause they had blocked her old number. And she said, I got a new number. What? That's what I got. And that's what I 
mean? Like, I was in the theater crying. I had, you know when you laugh so hard, you have tears? Because, and I felt bad because I didn't want to be that person, that loud, outrageous person. But it was just like, this is like a, like a psycho thriller stalker movie and it's like pretty much about this lady who just decides to take a trip to crazy town but you know she wants revenge but she's a super sleuth and figures out (laughs) you you know why maggie said that line i guarantee maggie said that line because i work in production i guarantee there was a conversation a studio note that was like how did they get how did ma get their phone numbers and the writer goes oh i'll fix that and wrote how did she get her phone number <laughs> to take away that question? But it really right. just, it just backfires. She's like, no, seriously, how did she get your phone number? And that's what I mean. That's, that's the question that I would have been stuck on. And it's just like, okay, it's, and, and like, seriously, like, let's like really think about this. Say if for some reason we were there, we were one of those kids. And I would think about this because I, I watch a lot of horror movies. Like we both do. So your mind sometimes just go off the deep end. So this would mean last night, I really don't remember. What does she put in my drink? What's right. really going on? Guys, she works at a vet office. I'm going to the doctor. You know what I mean? Right. Let me go like, check this out. Like right. it's one thing after the other. So let's what, remember in the beginning of the movie where she's snitching and she stars 69s, <laughs> star 67s, Ben, and I go, why? <laughs> like, you're this, calling him from his cell phone. No one ever calls you anyway. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, he didn't recognize your voice. He doesn't have your phone number. <laughs> like he doesn't know you exist. Remember that you in high school and you're going to star 67. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I really, really wanted to, to like this movie. And I have to say in a way I do because it's like I want to I like to laugh mm-hmm. at it you know because it's, it's like a it's it's a lifetime movie for me like just a couple of weeks ago I went on a binge where I was just watching ridiculous lifetime movies where you know what's gonna happen like as an example there was this one called dying to be you and this girl yeah. had a pen pal turns out you already know she somebody killed the original pen pal and right. you know she came to live and she's taken over her life she's dressing like her she she stole her man she killed him we all know it's coming but we just can't stop watching so the only person i can blame is myself because i knew what i was getting into you know but I love showing this movie to people who've never seen it before because the reactions on their face, it's like reliving it all over again. I'm just like, I'll watch it with them. And I'm like, they're like, what? Did that just happen? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> like, that's really a part of the movie. That's terrible. You like watching it. It's so great. Um, I want to read this quote from Jason Bloom. And just so you guys know, I talk about Jason Blue all the time, but I actually really respect uh, how he's built his production company and, and his branding. Um, but I have a problem with the statement and I want to read it <clears throat> so we can discuss it. So in an article, uh, I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter, they were talking about Ma. Jason Bloom, a producer on Ma, also weighed in on seeing more leading roles in this genre for women of color. For so long, it hasn't been the case with horror movies, so I think the audience is starved to see that, he explained. We've done a lot of movies with African-American casts, including collaborating with Jordan Peele on Get Out and This Year's Us, which also starred Nyong'o, and particularly playing parts that African-Americans don't typically play. This is the part I have an issue with. It's Mm -hmm. good business. There's a real pent-up demand for it. This is the problem. 
It is good business. Black horror has always been good business. Black people in anything is good business, okay? First of all, because the Black audience, um, I think next to the Latino audience and the Black audience, we, we're, we see the most movies. We will go to a theater religiously on a Friday, um, mm -hmm. especially millennial Black people. They will see a movie, any movie, even if it didn't have a Black person in it, they're going to go see it. But when you do have a Black person in it, like Get Out or Us or Ma, we get really, really excited because we want to support and we go out to see it. This is pandering Jason Bloom. Saying it's good business, there's a real pent up demand for it. I can already see your producer mind teething, like, like slobbering at the mouth, like, oh, we're just gonna money. And you did, you had a $5 million movie that made $60 million, you did your job. But this is the reason why you need to hire black people on your team, because then you, you yes, you made a movie with a black person in it, but that's all you did. You had a horror movie with a black person in it, but without it being actual black horror, which is very, very different. Um, you see the care that Jordan Peele is taking with Candyman because he knows how much it means to our culture, even though in the original movie it starred a white woman, but the, 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 the tradition of Candyman and what it means to the black community and black people and black horror fans or horror fans in general, he, took, he takes really good care that he hired a black woman to be the director and also co-write the script. Right. And this is just how I know after reading that statement, uh, that's why this movie flopped. It did because you didn't care about the nuances of Ma, her race, or or even being a woman and sexual assault. Um, to take the time to, as Zena said, fix the script and address those issues. You saw good business. You saw dollar signs. You said, "Wow, Get Out did well. So did us. I know Ma's gonna do well, and we're gonna make lots of money." And that to me, that's pandering. That to me doesn't means you don't care actually about diversity and inclusiveness. You just care about getting that grand old dollar and. Again, this is not an attack on you, Jason Bloom. You're doing what every producer in the history of time is does. You saw a market that's doing very well and that black people actually really do love horror. They really, really do. Um, mm -hmm. And you see that they come out and they show out um, and they put their money in, in your pockets. And you said, I'm going to just thumbtack a black woman at the lead here. I'm not going to change anything else. And it doesn't matter because as long as we get that demographic, it, it, they're going to see it. And we did. Mm -hmm. um, I have an issue with that. I don't know how you feel about that, Zena, but that, that quote rubbed me the wrong way. It's, it's, okay, I'll try to explain it without being too lengthy. Um, I feel that Jason Blum, it's like, I respect him. Uh, I respect what he does, uh, you know, as a, as a businessman, you know, he wants to make money, which is understandable. And it seems like there's, you know, that's just how, how the business is, right? Um, I think it was maybe two years ago, or maybe like, a, maybe between a year and two years ago, he was interviewed, um, dang it, and I, I don't have the article on hand, which one to like say where it's from, but he had an interview where basically someone had asked him like about, you know, women directors, like how do you feel about working with them? Are you going to be able to work with one? And, you know, he, he said something along the lines how he doesn't really know of any, but he named maybe like two or something like that. Mm -hmm. People, as you know, were outraged on Twitter. People were going in on him. I was one of those people. <laughs> I, in his defense, you know, as a woman, as a black woman, you know, I don't think that he meant it in that way. I think that I know that he knows that there are women of color and women in general who you know, do movies, who like horror movies. I just think maybe, hopefully, it was lost in translation. That's how I believe. So I say that to say, like, um, 
you know, with this particular movie, I think that he probably thought that it would be a good idea. I think that their intentions, like I told you, their intentions were well because Octavia Spencer, she is a phenomenal actress. Of course, I would want to do a movie with, with her. And then kind of like what you said, that, you know, she probably only had a short window to film, you mm -hmm. know? So they probably did have to rush. But I do agree with you. I think that they need someone you know, someone of color, a black person on your team, if you are going to do things like this, you know, um, if you are going to have certain movies like this, you know, and that's what I was saying, even with this movie, it's just kind of like, there was so, I keep on repeating it, but there's so much room because the fact that you have, um, it's, it's starring a black woman, it's about a black woman, and she's also a villain, a black mm -hmm. villain. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I feel like this particular, it's like, this movie could have been so much more. And it is kind of like what you said, where it's just like either they could have um, taken it further or taken it back. You One know? or two, um, pick a side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just pick a side. And it's just like, it just seemed like they're kind of in the middle, you know, and I don't really think that they know. I don't really think that even Jason knows what they had, you know? Yeah. You know, exactly. I think that they just probably just saw it as, oh, this is just another movie. And with him saying how there's a demand for it, um, I feel like they've been talking about this for the last couple of years, because even when I went to um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, which one? <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Texas Frightmare um, okay. Convention, um, this was in 2017, Ryan Turek, um, who works at Blumhouse, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, Ryan. he was stating how they have a need for women and, you know, even for women of color, you know, for, for like black women who love horror to make films. Um, I'm not too sure where they're at with that right now, you know, and it's just like, maybe I'm just thinking, you know, maybe I'm just being too positive or anything, you know, or something like that. But it's just like, I do think that they're trying to make that change because, you know, they are. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if, if you watch the series on Hulu, Into the Dark, like, they're, they're Yes, I do. Yeah, I do enjoy that. And they do have a lot of Black... Here's the <laughs> thing. So I listened to a podcast, um, I think, with producer Todd... Varis or something I can't remember but it's the producers podcast and they had an episode with Jason Bloom and he he did specify that from that interview it's not that he doesn't know any female directors is that he has a very uh, strict policy of he will only hire a director male man or woman um, if they have one feature under their belt and it could be right. an, it could be um, a, a general a wide release but it, it had to have one and and his issue was I only can count about three or four women in this horror field that actually have a feature length with that said they did black christmas remake god that's awful we're gonna i don't know if it's slated to be on this season but um i don't want to tear it apart because they did hire a woman to direct that and they just announced that they have my favorite my goddess karen kuzma who's up um directing their next project and if you know karen kuzma from the invitation ugh, man she's just sensational and i was and when that came out Zena, that's exactly what i tweeted what about karen kuzma like mm -hmm. did you not see the invitation is that not good enough for you to hire her and i don't know maybe someone listened because they hired her which is great, which is great, you great. Know? so they're making strides um it is a barrier though let's be honest like you said you you're doing shorts you're doing two minute shorts i have i've written a feature but i have yet to uh direct one um there is if you jason and anyone else listening to this if you are not aware there are tons of black uh 
sorry, women of color period mm -hmm. um, and black women who are capable of directing, but directing a feature film is, is hard. As in a lot of us don't have a money to do that. Um, and I've seen a lot of men get opportunities to direct feature films with less than that. I agree. Uh, so I don't really buy that whole, well, you have to have one feature film on your belt, especially because I, I work in production. I know how this works. The director for a feature film, yeah, they control a lot of things, but that's why you have producers. That's why you have studio. Uh, studio. That's why you have department heads. They have a lot of support. So if there's something they're not sure about, but they have the vision, I think you can afford to take a chance on them, especially for a $5 million budget, right. which you, that's all you seem to be doing. You don't do anything more. So what risk are you mitigating by taking mm -hmm. a chance on a new artist? So I don't really buy, I don't buy that excuse from you, Mr. Bloom. I will say the, the black daughter, is, um, the black dollar is a mighty dollar. You see it all the time. I, you know, when you watch movies and they have black music up and down the score or, or the soundtrack, but not one black person on the cast. Um, or you see movies like 12 Years a Slave and you look at the, the behind the scenes and you're like, okay, so everyone in front of the camera is black, but everyone behind the camera is not. <laughs> so um, black business is good business. He's absolutely right. Uh, if there's one thing our people know how to do is, is, is uh, you know, support. <laughs> so um, what I hate for it to become is pandering. Like, oh, we're just going to tack on a black person because we just want that black dollar rather than let's dive into the nuances of what it is to have a black villain, which you did, mm -hmm. didn't do here, which you failed at. I'm still waiting for the day besides Candyman that we get um, more black villains, more Freddy Kruegers, more Jasons. It's a, again, it's a, it's a line you have to carefully cross because you don't want to perpetuate any stereotypes, but we want to be represented as well. We don't just want to, you know, I'm looking for my black Sydney too. I would love a black Sydney. Um, I, I called her Cindy, but that's the scary movie <laughs> version. But it still works. <laughs> I would love to see my black Sydney from Scream where, uh, or a Maggie, you know, why couldn't Maggie have, have been black? I think that would have been interesting. Um, or at least popular and pretty and yeah. But then we have an issue and we're, I don't want to get into that, but we can talk about that on, separately. Like then we have an issue when you do hire someone black they're like a very mm -hmm. certain type of black woman <laughs> no i, I just want, like a girl who is my complexion exactly and that's what we had in genie but we didn't give her anything to do and i was like oh sweet like a, a dark two dark-skinned women awesome mm -hmm. but then you gave her this mushroom haircut and and made her feeble and and then run into this <laughs> woman's arm like it's just so Depil uh, just disappointing from top to end. And, you know, I kind of wanted to say something about her hair. Um, so the thing that irritated me with her hair is not that I'm like, you know, oh, her hair needs to be, no, it's, it's not that. It's just, let's think about this. I don't have any kids, but if I did and say if she was like sick, that mushroom haircut looks like it's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot of upkeep, for sure. It's pressed Ooh, or at least permed. Right. Yeah. There's no, I guarantee there's no black hairstylist in that town. <laughs> like, so I just don't understand. Like, I, there are other right. things. We're not saying like, she has to wear a wig or have a no, sew-in. No. Where's her natural hair? Mm-hmm. That's all. Like. That's all. And I, that's maybe all. that's just being nitpicky, but it's just like, I'm just taking into account that she's, she's sick. So, you know. I'm thinking about stuff that's just like, all right, her hair is not 
like a problem. It's just like, that's just another upkeep. You know what I mean? But again, had they laid the foundation for my being self-hating and thinking I gotta like iron out all these African curls, I could roll with that, but we Mm -hmm. never touch upon it. We never do anything with it. So now it's just like, you just got this child in the mushroom cloud haircut. What's weird is too, like, you know, we don't ever really hear about her husband or the fault of her child or anything like that. But it's like, okay, based on like what I was saying earlier, like how all the stuff she was saying when she was a kid about Ben's skin and his hair. And then it's just like, okay, so then you have a child with a black man. Do Mm -hmm. you like, you know, we don't know if she hates her or not, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm surprised that she didn't find another Ben, you know what I mean? Right, right. To to replace by, like that would have been understandable because, and then once again, that would, that would have told us like, okay, possibility she may hate herself. Not saying that that's the case for everybody, you know, or in interracial relationships, but in her case, you know. In her case. Because the whole thing is just thinking of like someone, uh, Sue Ann having sex, but also Sue Ann getting pregnant and Mm -hmm. then having a husband. Like she lived a pretty, it seemingly normal life. It seemed like she moved on. So how has she never gotten over this, but she seemed to live a normal life and get married and have a baby. Those are the plot holes I'm talking about when it comes to story. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't have her move on and and have a family and and then not mention, like what happened to her husband we can only assume that she killed him but it's never touched upon he right. maybe left because he saw that she was crazy mm-hmm. um, and had one child i don't know but it's never touched upon but it, it seems like okay well she's doing pretty well only until maggie moves back to town like what is the triggering moment for this right. like why is maggie such the trigger mm-hmm. so it's just so <laughs> annoying from top poor top. maggie man she just wanted a regular life you know <laughs> like and you know what too what would have been cool like say if you know Sue Ann if she didn't even have a kid and say if she went to like a different town stole someone's kid raised the kid as her own to you know what I mean I want to make sure that she's popular that she's this and that that would have been a story I would have been like on board for then she can go to go to crazy town you know because the only time we see Sue Ann actually like try to put herself together. So when she's going on that date with Ben at the bar, like she puts on a dress outside of that, she's still very homely, which again, adds to the mammy trope. Like I understand Octavia wanted to do something different, but why couldn't we actually do something different? Yeah, she's a veterinarian, but she doesn't have to wear her scrubs all the time. And she looks so homely. It's like she's working every day, like. Right. And I'm just like, I'm so confused by like, She's never gotten over this thing. She grew up a nerd. She's always been an outcast and she's still this outcast nerd. I get that, but yet, and she wants to fit in, but yet she dresses up for Ben and we don't see her do anything. And she dresses up for the kids. She wears that really cool newsboy cap. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. It just seems like they're muddled. They didn't know, again, it's this whole in-between thing. Like either she's not getting over it, she's forever going to be a kid, or she wants to be so cool, but ends up not dressing cool or, or doing anything different from her hair from the 80s. Like she still has this haircut from like the 80s, the same mushroom haircut that, I'm just like, do, did they think like her daughter was, that's because her daughter, and, we, and the only way we'll know that that's her daughter is if we both have this mushroom haircut. Like not the fact that they're the only black people in town. <laughs> like how? we we can't have obviously this dark-skinned black girl just be regular because her mom has a mushroom haircut and it's just it's passed down from generation to generation this this mushroom haircut and what <laughs> happened to sue ann's parents what right. did they have to Where say are their parents? Like- and when she got married did she have 
parent-in-law like in-laws and and right. cousins and just like there's so and, much and that's another thing too like they see as we keep on going we keep find stuff but it's true it's like okay say if her husband ran out why would he also leave his kid but even right. if that is the case what about his side of the family that wants to know her right you know right mean? like who is this did she accidentally get pregnant was she again uh, this is dark assaulted like this is things that i need to know because she's wearing a wedding ring and she's like, oh my and she gets embarrassed about it like oh you know my husband left okay that's fine but like even genie doesn't mention anything about her dad i'm not assuming that she even knows her dad but and you know i, I do oh you know what i just thought of i see i would have loved if yes ma was trying to find a substitute for genie's dad and it, it was ben and instead of just slitting his wrist and letting him suffer upstairs put him at the kitchen table and roll genie into the the table and have a family dinner with his like blood yeah. just into his body with his dog blood like give it to me Get, build me a family <laughs> like give me something though like geez. and that's why maybe not saying that this is gonna happen I, who knows i don't think so but that's why there should be a sequel maybe blumhouse sequel. jason blumhouse question. reach out to us we will we have a sequel prepped up in our mind ma is alive and she's in a new town yeah and uh she's she's ready to go she goes as marita now and so marita so people can call her ma for short you know she has to go someplace like far like you mentioned vegas she can go to vegas there's some kids out there who want to possibly get into some stuff i don't know right she's got to and, she, and why why would she why is she leaving the town because she's going to get her vengeance on all white people just kidding <laughs> <laughs> She's here we go, here we go. Uh it's 2040 and the race war has begun. Thanks to Ma. <laughs> Thanks to Ma. Ma did it. Like hit us up. We've got the outline ready to go. Um, okay, so any last um so now at the end of the podcast, we usually do like our final thoughts. So I was kicking off with you. What your final thoughts for Ma 2019? So, I mean, I, I don't want to say don't watch this movie. I think that you should at least check it out. I've always, I don't want to tell someone not to watch something because who knows, you never know. Someone may like this movie and there's nothing wrong with that. Just own it. You know, you like what you like. It is what it is. But, you know, going in, just know that Ma is not like a, a body count type of horror movie. You know, she isn't, I don't feel like she's going to be a horror icon. You know, she's just a woman. <laughs> And, uh, but because of that, though, it's just like, you know, she's a woman who, who wants revenge and, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like even though we're supposed to hate her, we're supposed to be against her and not want her to win, I kind of wanted her to win. Just, I'm oh, just yeah, being me honest. too. No, me too. I want her to, I want her to tear it down, burn yeah. it down. Like... <laughs> So, but because of that, though, um, I recommend just just checking just checking it out. Like it's it's not what I thought it could have been, and not saying that there's a correct way, but I think that they there's just so much that they could have touched on, even dealing with race, you know, with a woman who's struggling within her own body. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that you should you should definitely just at least give it a chance. And if you already watched it already and you hate it or you don't want to see it again. Um, I like your idea about just, you know, sh showing it to a friend and watching their reaction. It's so great. And we didn't really touch upon this, but the fact that they did have a, a full figured 
uh, lead. That makes me so happy. It, it, yes. it makes me so happy. And it wasn't, her weight was never an issue mm -hmm. in the the script or in the movie at all. It's just, she, that's just Sue Ann. It, you know, and that, I love that. Uh, more of that. I will say for my final thoughts for Ma 2019, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing this remake in 20 years. <laughs> Maybe with Ryan Destiny, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the remake. I really do think it's going to be one of those cult classics where you, it's just like, I don't know if you ever saw a movie called Toxic Man. I can't remember what it's called. Toxic Avenger. Yes, Toxic yeah. Toxic Avengers. It's this is kind of like the Toxic Avengers for me, uh, for this generation. Um, I really looking forward to the next twenty to forty years. People like remaking this film and, and us getting a better shot at it. I think that's going to be possible. I also will say, uh, go into this movie uh, with zero expectations. Just enjoy the ride. It, it's one of those. Uh, you can watch it again, like as background noise when you're writing your next horror. I think it makes a good background noise, a little chuckle. I also will say the best thing about the film is the cast. I don't know how they pulled this cast together. Tate Taylor obviously has, it must be a really great guy. You have to be a really great guy to get uh, a cast of this caliber to do it for basically pennies from what they're used to. I mean, it's $5 million budget. I, I'm sure most of that budget went to cast salaries uh, completely because most of it took place in a basement and a van. Um, Juliette Lewis, Octavia, Octavia Spacer, hello, Octavia Spencer, Allison Jennings, uh, wonderful as always, Luke, Luke Evans, wonderful as always, but I will say keep an eye out for that Diana Silvers. Um, before this movie, she did do a couple of those Blumhouse Mm -hmm. um, shorts on Hulu and I that's the first time I saw her and I was like oh she's got something and then to see her in Booksmart a few just a month later uh unfortunately we're under quarantine so she, I don't think she's filming anything but I really look forward to watching her career I think she's going to be something super special um outside of that uh yeah that, everything Zena said just like watch the movie with no expectations and um and uh you know <laughs> <laughs> Blumhouse, call us. We we have some ideas for the sequel um, or the spinoff, Genie, um, called Ga. I don't know. And it could be like a series, like a mini series, and it can go we can go on Hulu. Yeah, it can go on Hulu. It could be a or part Amazon of Or Amazon Prime, you know, then get a little shine over there. Yeah. By the way, it, as of uh, May, where this episode premieres, you can still watch Ma on HBO um, and if you have the Hulu it goes through HBO as well so it's streaming so you don't have to pay for it technically if you'd like to just watch it and get it out of the way um <laughs> Zena thank you so much for coming on we talked we spent a lot of time in this movie because I think there was a lot to dive into yeah. um I'm so grateful that we were able to do this I I was just looking at your website too before we logged on and um you're doing some great things I'm super excited oh, I want to see your movies we need more women like you directing and writing in this space um so please don't have imposter syndrome because it's <laughs> I mean, it's a thing, especially for black women. Don't have it, put your stuff out there because if you don't, then how is Jason Bloom gonna say he doesn't know any female directors? True, <laughs> true. <laughs> he's, he's gonna think I hate him if he ever listens to us. I really, like you said, I, I totally admire him as a business person and as a producer. I just think uh, he's just a tad bit out of touch for some things when it comes to race and being a woman. Um, but thank you so much. Um, can you please let the people know where they can find your website and your, uh, your handles and your social media and all that? Sure. Um, so you guys, of course you can find me realqueenofhorror.com. 
Um, on, I'm always on Twitter, always lurking all the time. It's just lovely Vina on Instagram, but you know, I'm not really an Instagram person, but sure. Um, it's Mrs. Vina Sade. And then on, let me see what else. Oh, YouTube. I almost forgot about YouTube. So I, <laughs> YouTube is just real queen of horror. Oh my gosh, okay, I can't wait. I'm going to watch so many of those. And you can always find me on Twitter at I am Charday Sellers. I am on Instagram, but just like Zena, uh, it's not my favorite, but it's at Charday Sellers. Um, there, uh, you can always check out our website, www.afrohorror.com. Did you plug your website? I did. Oh, okay, I missed it. I did. I um, <laughs> um, so check out both of our websites and our social medias and drop a, a, a star on this episode if you liked it and a comment um hopefully we didn't offend too many people uh <laughs> but outside of that thank you so much for listening everyone uh, again remember we're on a monthly schedule now so you won't see us again until june um but this is like a two hour plus episode so hopefully this keeps you full for a little bit thank you Zena. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a blast talking about this movie. I, I knew I was waiting for the right time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is the right time, and I, I appreciate that. So this is Charday Seller signing off. Zena, don't go anywhere. I want to say goodbye before I actually like break it down. But this is Charday signing off. Uh, Chris Courtney Martin is pitching her movie Charcuterie all over town, so she couldn't be with us today. But we're wishing her and the Charcuterie team um, good luck and good juju vibes because that movie needs to be on the big screen in theaters. If we get out of this, hopefully we get out of this soon. But Chris, we love you if you're listening, and we'll see you guys next month. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Afro Horror. Please subscribe and leave a comment if you'd like what you heard. We want to send a special shout out to Jaren Hempel for our amazing logo design. Thanks, Jaren. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, at @afrohorror or on our website, www.afrohorror.com. No copyright infringement was intended while recording this podcast.